What's up, everybody? Well, as in the title says, are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Um, You know, you hear all the rumors and you hear all the things that could be happening, but when you actually get to see it all unfold, it's just so rewarding as a fan. And, I mean, when it came to All Out, the show delivered. It was amazing. The surprises were amazing. How everything was done was amazing. Like, I'm just, as a wrestling fan, I'm on cloud nine. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Um, This is Live Rounds episode 16, and we got a lot to talk about, Steven. Uh, Overall, I'm sure you love the show. Um, We're definitely going to get into it. But I really want to deep dive into AEW's future now and what... What kind of stuff are we wanting to see? What kind of um, factions, feuds? Like, there's just so much now that can happen. Because me personally, even though news did break today, and we'll definitely talk about that, but it's like the roster's so loaded now. Let's just have some fun with this thing. Let's just get wild. Let's just have these unbelievable matches and feuds that will live on in wrestling history. So give me your thoughts, Steven. Yeah, I mean, this is like the best thing that's ever happened, man. Like, this is the best. Like, I, I'm I'm almost at a point of saying AEW is my favorite wrestling company ever already. Within, yeah. like, within like less than three years. Like, I mean, obviously, I was a huge WCW fan. It'll always hold a very near and dear place to my heart. But it's a different, it's a different perspective now because now I've been watching wrestling for like, 25 years yeah so like so now i have like this connection this really strong connection to a lot of the current day talent that i've been watching throughout their indie careers and all this stuff right so it's like now it's super interesting for me because everything is changing like there's there's a legitimate we can get into the whole WWE conversation where they're heading at some point too but it's like it, there, there's a clear line in the sand being drawn, in my opinion. And AEW is the pro wrestling company. Like, if you want to be a pro wrestler, that's where you aspire to go now. If yep. you want to become an entertainer and you know be, go from being an uh, you know a wrestler to having to learn how to become a D level actor, then go to the WWE. You know what yep. I mean? Because they're going to completely change everything about you and. and who knows what will happen to your career? AEW, at least at the very least, you know you get to keep being a pro wrestler at the very right. least. So, I mean, and, and I know let's let's get into the conversation because I I really I mean this is the, I when AEW was announced, like I remember that um that New, New Year's night, yeah, New Year's Eve, New Year's night, and I remember like breaking away from the people I was with and watching the BT yep. episode because yep. I knew it was dropping. And I knew it was something big, and they'd been building up that countdown clock for like half a year. And it was like when they turned. I mean, I still have it right here to this day. Like I've still got that as the <laughs> background of my. I was the 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 screensaver of my phone since the day that announcement was made. It's been sitting right there. Yeah. And and all I could hope for at the time, me and you were doing some podcasts back then too. And yep. all we could hope for was like if we got even half of as good as what we're getting right now, we would have been happy. Yeah. Like, this is far exceeded any expectations that I think yep. I could have had for this company. And I had high expectations. So it's like, this is unreal that we're seeing this happen right now. 
I think one of the craziest things that I'm seeing now is the WWE willingly getting out of the game of professional wrestling. I, I didn't expect that. I expected them to always be like, if, you know, AEW couldn't sign this person, it's because they ended up going to WWE for more money or whatever. And it was always going to be competition. And now they're just like, you can have them. Like, yeah. I just think it's such a crucial mistake because it is allowing AEW to build such a juggernaut right now. And, I mean, like I said, when 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 Double or Nothing ended and we got Moxley, right? I mean, I was there live for that. And, like, it, it's what everybody wanted, but we didn't know if we were going to get it or not. And we got it, right? It felt like, not like we that they peaked, but it's like, this is probably as good as it's going to get unless they can somehow talk CM Punk into coming out of retirement. Like, this is where we're going to be. And, like, for them to just get this roster that they have now, it's beyond my imagination, my expectations. I'm, like, on cloud nine. And not only that, they're going to get guys because to me, there's a lot of hype behind this guy and he's really showing up. It's Daniel Garcia, like that they're open to getting young independent talent and bringing them in and not throwing them in some developmental crap and wasting away the best years of their career, four or five years to decide if Tony Khan wants to decide to play with them yet or not. It's like, Tony wants him in the fire immediately. And Daniel Garcia has already wrestled John Moxley and Darby Allen. And he's messed around, like had like physical altercations with Sting and CM Punk. And like in, in just a couple of months, like this is just crazy. And it's like, even like a Malachi Black, right? He comes in, he faces Cody but then he also faces like the nightmare factory of Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson. And then now onto Dustin Rhodes, like just there's so much opportunity. And like one thing that I constantly hear is like, they have too many wrestlers. They have too many wrestlers, but you know what you get when you have too many wrestlers, a fresh show every freaking week, because there's just something new that is not just like, overdone and you're you know it's the 16th match that you've seen this guy this month it's just like overkill there is no overkill it's just like i can't wait till tomorrow and i can't wait till friday and then i can't wait till the next wednesday and the next friday and with the roster that they have and including the forbidden door like the possibilities are endless absolutely endless dude literally so it's funny. So, like, what, what AEW is doing, it's so basic, right? They're literally like, – if you if you, if you were a kid and you remember, like, that toy or that, that, like, board that would have different shapes in it, you take, like, a peg and you'd have to, like, put it through the right – that's the only way to get through the little, little door. You take the little square, you put it through the square. You take the triangle, you put it through the triangle. All AEW does is that. It's, like, the simplest thing ever. They go – Okay, you're you're a, a uh, this all metaphorical, obviously. You're a triangle. Okay, we're gonna put you through the triangle because you fit there perfect. You're a square. Right. We're gonna put you through the square. You fit there perfect. You're for another company. You're a rectangle. Well, we got a spot for a rectangle. We'll put you right here, and this makes sense. And then we'll make another shape. Blah blah blah. WWE takes you and goes, "We need a square," 
and they take your piece and just bash it against the wall <laughs> over and over and over again until it completely disintegrates, and then they can push the putty into the spot. And by the time they've got the putty into the spot, then they've probably already forgot what to do with you, and your time's probably up, anyways. Like right. by the time they by the time they figure out or try to change you enough to what they're looking for, sink or swim time, and like most people are going to sink in, in today's yep. current environment. So AEW just takes your strengths and who you are and what you're about, and and the every all your attributes that got you the popularity and the skill set to even be recognized by them in the first place. They take you as you are. And then just put you in spots that make sense and give you a chance to succeed. It's yep. very, it's very, very simple logic what they're doing. It's super simple. WWE just does it. it, it it's like it's it's wild. Like, and, and I, I need to stress it again. I've talked about it on the show before. I need to stress it with the WWE. Right? I don't fault them at all for doing what they're doing. I'm not mad at the WWE. Like, though, I'm mad on a personal level a little bit because they, they've completely alienated my fan base. Like, they don't care at all about me as a fan. Like, they're not putting on a show at all that's supposed to be for me. Right. But if I was a little kid, like, that, there's always going to be new influxes of little kids. Like, there's always going to be kids that are ages, you know, 3 to 10 or whatever, and there's a lot of them, and they have parents, and, like, it's a smart business move by the WWE in a lot of senses to just market to kids and get crossover promotion with Disney and Nickelodeon or whatever they're going to do yeah. and just keep building that. But they're basically just building actors. The wrestling is very secondary at this point. They're, they're building what they uh, pseudo celebrities, but they aren't building like better professional wrestlers. Right. So, but the issue I have, and this goes to probably some people watching right now and people that need the people that really need to hear this. Yeah. If you are an adult and I, by adult, I mean ages, I'll give you a pass up to maybe the age of like 14 or 15. If you're older than that and you're watching Raw every Monday and you're on Twitter complaining about the show, like you're watching um, Jinder Mahal every week with Veer and Shanky and you're sitting there going like, oh, it's going to get better though. Like you just wait. It isn't going to get better. It no. isn't. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. It's a different product. You can you can watch it and enjoy it, but stop complaining about it. You have to understand. You got to understand it isn't for you anymore. You got to. This is one thing too, like that. Just really, just I just pe- wish people would have understood the the sport of pro wrestling, right? The 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 actual of, of all the other companies. Because I saw a comment where it was like it showed Kevin. Nash, I posted on Twitter and it shows Kevin and Steen with the Bucks. Kevin Owens with the Bucks. And they were like, I thought WWE talent wasn't supposed to take pictures with AEW talent. It's like, bro, that's Kevin Steen with the Young Bucks in PWG in Reseda, California, before he ever stepped foot in the WWE. <laughs> yeah, duh, I'm like, that, duh. That, that, and like, they didn't understand like why Adam Cole is being kissed on the cheek by the yeah. Young Bucks. And they're not understanding the. Brian Danielson. I have one person tell me Brian Danielson's a terrible name. Why would he use that name? I'm like, that's his real name. Yeah. He's the American Dragon Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan is his WWE name. But see, these are these are like this goes along with my point is like these wrestlers that 
are making the move from WWE to AEW. They're a big reason they're doing it, in my opinion, is because they know our fan base, our age, the 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 people are, that were kids to teenagers throughout the Attitude Era, just like they were. Yep, we're the same. Like yep. we're like we know what we want as fans, and they want to deliver to us what we want as fans, and they yep. know that we're still out there and we exist, and we love professional wrestling and what they do. Right. They there there are going to be plenty of sports entertainers going forward that their main goal is going to be like it, it's a pretty it's a pretty simple kind of yin and yang or, or seesaw to look at. Do you want to be a, a children's performer like a SpongeBob SquarePants, or do you want to be? A professional wrestler that that appeals to the same kind of people that like the, the UFC and, and like yep. you know things that adults like you know so I, I you know the people that complain about that kind of stuff they just don't know like they no, they, they weren't they weren't watching independent wrestling back then or they're, they're too young they were never they were never they fully invested in pro wrestling they're invested in the WWE that's all that they know right. but the funny thing is. When they got a taste of pro wrestling in NXT, they loved it. Yeah. They absolutely loved it. And and what did what did they always say? Why can't Raw be like NXT? Yeah. I was Why one can't of them. SmackDown too. be loved like it. NXT. Yep. And it's like AEW is taking even what NXT out of NXT's wildest dreams. Because you're adding huge stars to that that type of style. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just a it's a pro wrestling fan's dream. It's something that we never thought we would ever get. And I think that that's really the reality. Like, you know, when I was at a, the Fitterman thing and I was uh, there to meet Mike Tyson and all those guys, like I was talking to one of the guys that's like working one of the, the booths, just trying to like get you to sign up for free Astros tickets. And, you know, but he's bored, right? Yeah. And he was telling me, you know, he, he him and his son are watching WWE, but he's been hearing about AEW and he's going to watch AEW. But he's like, but let's be honest, like Vince is going to buy it. And I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't the same story. This isn't the same song and dance that we were used to. This is different. And, and Vince knows it's different. And Nick Khan knows it's different. They all know it's different. And you know how I know? Because when... All out happened. There were about 16 WWE wrestlers that tweeted out little hints that they're watching the show. You know what I mean? When you, all, you know how else you know is also because in WCW, Ted Turner was buying them from the WWE. For right. WWE. Like he was spending, he was outspending Vince. Like they liked being there, but he was outspending them. This is a situation where they're choosing to leave. Like it isn't even a money thing at this point. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it, it's crazy. And it's like, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Tony Khan is kind of socially awkward as he is, is, is kind of nerdy as he is. He's the savior of pro wrestling, man. Like, yes. he really is. Yep. And when I hear Tony talk, I'm like, thank you, Tony. Thank you. Like, Yes, we want to have a mainstream appeal and we want to gain a bigger audience, but we're never going to sell out our core fan base. Uh, thank you. You know, yeah. yes, um, all of our belts are going to mean something. I mean, dude, it, during the post presser, when the guy brought up uh, your mid card title with Miro, he cut him off right there and was like, that is not a mid card title. Like, before he wouldn't even let the guy finish the sentence. Like, 
this is a real championship. And this is not like the other title that's been retired and brought back and refurbished and, you know, all these other things. Talking about the Intercontinental title. Like, this is the real belt. You know what I mean? And I was thinking to myself, too, like, how many current wrestlers does AEW have right now that if they wanted to make champion, it would make sense and you could do it? That AEW currently has that yes. they can make the world champion right now, and it makes right sense. now. Oh yeah, there, there's, and I get, I see what you're getting at. There's a lot that you could go with, and no one would have a problem with it. Yeah. How many in WWE right now can take that belt off of Roman Reigns and it be believable and it look legit? Now, now the Roman Reigns, I will say, because this this would only apply to Roman Reigns because he's the only one who has a title belt in the WWE. That I think means anything at this point. right. So if you're That's talking, what I'm trying I, to say. right, right. No, I, I get it. But I, I'm also, I also want to make it clear. I would, I would give the answer of anybody when it comes, when it came to any other title the WWE has, right. when it comes to AEW, I would still be very particular about like who I would want. But when it comes to Roman, um, honestly, at this very moment, I have no idea who the WWE has on a full-time basis that has any chance of beating Roman Reigns and the company actually benefiting from it long-term. And not only that, if they did beat Roman, how long would Vince actually hold on to that and not make that guy job back to Roman to give him the belt back? Because like yeah. that's another thing that Vince has really failed at in his in his later years. The man's completely run out of patience. Like there is no more like let's wait and see or like if it doesn't like work in the couple of weeks, he's done with it. And so I just there's so many bright spots with AEW. There's so many things to look forward to. Um, and like I said, Tony Khan, man, he just gets it. He just gets it. But before we just keep going on about AEW, let's actually talk about the show. Um, I mean, right off the bat, one thing that I've gotten more used to is it seems like that they're willing to cut down on video packages and production and things like that to get to more matches. Not saying that the video packages aren't there. There are some, but like no opening video package. Right to um, right to Miro and, they, and Kingston. They paced the whole thing really good. Yeah, the whole show is paced very good. Well, and I mean, at this point, how many more do we need to see? I mean, we have seen the countdown shows. We've seen rampages. We've seen CM Punk every week. Like we're ready. Yeah. And you it's know? like, and it's like they trust the fed the fan base. Like the hardcore fan base is like keeping up with this stuff. You know, like, like they don't have to keep showing it over and over and over and over again on the pay-per-view because it's like, we already bought the pay-per-view, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like we're already watching it, so. Right. So, I mean, right off the bat, Miro and Kingston, I thought was really good match, um, really good opener. Um, loved the physicality. Eddie didn't lose any credibility by losing. He put Miro through a lot. Um, I just thought it was a really good match. And I just – I keep being impressed by Miro every single time right now. Like, it's just – and it's so funny, man. I'm just sitting back and I'm watching this and I'm like, God, Vince would love this guy. And, like, if he could take Miro and have him, like, feud with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, like, that would be, like, his perfect thing. And maybe if he had, like, a side chick in Lana that could talk for him, like, man, Vince would love that. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, what the hell? Vince had him, and he did nothing with him. And, like, it's just wild to me. Like, I feel like now I can, like, prospect talent for Vince better than Vince. Like, I thought Vince would love Keith Lee. I thought Vince would love Karrion Cross. I thought Vince would love 
mirror that I'm seeing. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm looking at Malachi Black and I'm thinking, man, this guy could be your undertaker, your future undertaker if you wanted him to be. But it's just like, like Vince doesn't get it anymore. He just doesn't. And so um, at, at the end of the day, it was a great match. It delivered. And then did we, we went into Moxley and Kojima after that, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, luckily this was in front of a smart crowd that respected Kojima, that liked Kojima. I thought this was a hard hitting New Japan style type match. Um, what I love though, and, and, and let's be honest, like I feel like Tony respects Kojima, but he knows that there's bigger names out there and for it to go where it went with Minero Suzuki showing up, like that was awesome. It was an awesome moment. The people love him. And when it first said the King though, it had weird music, but it said the King. I was like, Oh, Nick Gage, like they're going <laughs> to, they're going to bring it in AEW, you know? Um, but then yeah, it was Suzuki. And not only was it just like a stare down, and he went away, like they, they got physical. And then not only that, after watching that, I was like, damn, that'd be awesome if they could give that to us on Dynamite. Later on that night, they announce it for Dynamite, and it's going to be in Moxley's hometown tomorrow. Like, that's the type of stuff, like, I'm getting another pay-per-view type match on just a Wednesday TV show. Like, th- this is amazing. And that same crowd is having a Rampage film, and they're getting packing Andrade. Like, that is wild. You know what I mean? I, I I really think one of the biggest issues that people right now are having with AEW in general or WWE, they're really retraining their mind in pro wrestling. Like they, it's it's almost like that they've been brainwashed for so long that they really forgot like what is great because there's been so much of like we just have like accepted mediocrity for so long. And it's like now that greatness is just being thrown at us, it's kind of like, man, like I forgot how good that could be. Or, oh, my God, like, oh, so that's how it should work. And, wow, like I didn't I didn't even think of that. Like it's really like retraining people's brains. And that's why people are like, well, why did he actually beat him? Why was there like a one, two, three? Why did, was there no run in? Why, like – because this is this is different. They they actually care about wins and losses. They actually take this seriously. They're not just thinking about, well, how can we get this part of the house show loop, or how are we going to keep doing this match seven times on TV for the next three months before we have a pay per view match? Like, the, the, this just like, and, and there's a long game. Like, even if you heard Tony Khan talk about 2.0, he was like. I saw they were available and I needed a team like that to fit a role. So he's already thinking in his head, like, okay, I need like heels, like these cocky, dirty heels that can run in and maybe like mess with Sting and stuff. Who's out there? And he's probably looking at his own roster and he's probably like, no, I don't think any of that works. And then it's like 2.0 is available. Well, that'd be perfect. You know, let me call them, you know? And it's just like, that's the type of thing he's always thinking like long play. And I love that. Um, and then what was it? Britain Statlander after that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, matches happy with them. Yes. The moments. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this show was awesome. Like Miro and uh, Miro and Kingston was like, I think they'll run that back. Like, Kingston's get part of Kingston's gimmick 
at this point. I shouldn't say gimmick, but like his one of his long term stories, like what you're talking about with Tony. I think in his mind, it's not it's not a coincidence that Kingston loses all of his big matches because yeah. he's going to get a big win in New York. I think. Yeah, like that's because that place is going to be ready to go nuts for him. Right. Um, but I, I don't know if he necessarily beats Miro for like a title at, that, at Arthur Ashe, but like that could they are booking uh, uh like an eighteen thousand seat stadium in December in New York. Oh, so maybe it's there. So like, it could be there. So so I think Kingston getting a big win in New York, that's like that's a long term story in itself. Um because he's one of the most over guys on the show. Miro's doing the best work of his career. Moxley's ha- just living his best life right now. It's incredible. No, that shout out to Moxley for coming out to a GCW hoodie. Like, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. And by the way, Moxley's GCW champion right now, which to me just it gives credibility more to your company. It's just a it's just a cool thing. Um, even if it doesn't last very long, I still think it's a cool thing. And and it's it's crazy. Like when you try to crap on GCW and act like it's just some crappy indie promotion it's like the last three champions they've had is nick gage matt cardona and john moxley like you have to take that seriously and cardona's get up as the the macho king the macho death king yeah that was i mean cardona was cardona's run in gcw has been absolutely brilliant and he can still if they want to keep going with it he can still claim to be the universal champion I really so don't like, want it to end. I, I think yeah. it's the best stuff he's ever done. So yeah, it, it definitely is. Like there is such a massive difference between GCW Cardona and like Impact Wrestling Cardona. Like Holy it's night dude. and day. Um, but yeah, Moxley won the GCW title. That show was awesome. I recommend y'all check that out on Fight TV. But awesome show. The whole that whole package of shows was awesome. Yeah. Um But um, the Art of War Games in particular, that show was, uh-huh. was incredible. Um. And then, you know, Kojima, he looked good out there. I mean, like, in commentary, he did a good job of, like, building up, you know, why he's important and all that stuff for people who didn't know. And he looked solid enough. And uh, Suzuki coming out was absolutely insane. The crowd knew the song. Like, they knew when to pop for it. Like, yep. they knew what was going on. Uh, you got to see him do the the sleeper into the Gotch-style pile driver. Like, yep. I mean, it was it was incredible. And, and Chris Aaron, uh, Jim Ross, uh Said like he put him over big on commentary. He was like, "This right. is the most dangerous guy in wrestling." Like, I feel like I need to run out of this building right now to like avoid this guy. Um, and I'm gonna throw out a possible prediction for on Dynamite between Suzuki and Moxley. I don't know. I don't know if this will necessarily happen, but it's possible with how crazy wrestling is right now. I think it's possible since the show is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio being the key word. It's possible 440 attacks Moxley because if 440 attacks Moxley, that you could do Gage and Moxley versus Kogar and, uh, in RSP if you wanted to like on, on AEW. And then that builds a ton of promotion for Gage versus Moxley on uh, October 9th. Wow. It was October 9th. Yeah. October 9th. Yeah. It's October 9th. Just, a, just an idea, because they RSP has been doing a lot of AEW dark. Yeah. But they've ke- they've kept him off Dynamite though. I think that might be by design, where they're kind of like getting his feet wet. Not a whole lot of people really paying attention, and then he might just, you know, the group might come out and jump Moxley, and that I, I think it'd be pretty cool. Since once again, it's in Ohio, and you know, yeah. so we'll we'll see. But I, that's yeah, another to thing point, too. That. Is like I feel like that we we've been watching the same stuff for so long that we feel like we can figure everything out. 
And like AEW, you're dealing with one of us now. So like yeah, we awesome. know, we know that like you know. So now we need to throw you a curveball because I know that you know. You know what I mean? Like, and and that, yes, they'll do stuff that like it it should happen and it happens. But you're always guessing. You know, like Cody right now posts on uh, Instagram of like Stardust pictures, and it's like, okay, where are we going there? You know what I mean? And it, and it, it might not be anything, but there's always little hints. There's always things, um, you know, like with Kevin Owens, he definitely dropped some hints today. So there, there's just always something to kind of pay attention to. And I, I really love that. Um, so we're down at Britt and Chris Statlander, which, I mean, I thought this was really good. I thought yeah. it was really good. I thought Britt looked great. Uh, the Pittsburgh Sunrise definitely got a big reaction out of me. And then it really made me think Adam Cole is definitely a possibility for AEW at that point because I'm like, like Adam did the lockjaw. She's doing the Panama Sunrise. Like they're really throwing hints at us, you know? Um, and uh, I thought Statlander looked great. I think that she really solidified herself as one of the top females in AEW. Um, so yeah, I, I thought both looked, looked great. Both turned out great. Britt's a star. Uh, I feel like, honestly, I feel like Suzuki kind of killed the crowd a little bit. I felt like the crowd wasn't as into the match as they should have been, but I did think it was a really good match. Yeah, I thought this match was awesome. Don't know if you just heard the thunder there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, Statlander, she's a creative pro wrestler, uh, Hawkins and those guys. Yep. Um, so it's really cool to see all the success they're having. Uh, with their trainees and all that, like my boy Max Caster's back. <laughs> he's back. He's back. Ripped up the script. Yep. Um, you know MJF and yep. I mean, they got a lot of those guys from there. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this match I thought was really really well done. Uh, Britt Baker's insanely over though. So like for you yep. know, it's doing great. Um, I do I like the dynamic of Cassidy and Statlander because with Cassidy, you know, he doesn't hardly ever, and like yeah. none of his interviews are very short interviews, the little thumbs up. He hardly ever does anything like as far as talking to the crowd, right. but he has like full on conversations with Statlander. Yep. So it's like, I think that's an interesting little story there with that. Are we, are we going to have a love interest? That's what I kind of feel like is coming. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's another long term play because even when the best friends debuted in the company, they're Titan Tron, Titan Tron, they're Tony Tron. Um, <laughs> you know, they had like aliens on it and stuff. Like they established yeah. really early on that like they were interested in, you know, extraterrestrials. So right. like, so I think that Orange Cassidy not only is going to fall in love with her, but it's going to be, he's going to learn about aliens throughout. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, I think it's, I mean, they'll make it good. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I like, <laughs> like everything going on with it. Chris Statlander for sure, undoubtedly is a future AW women's champion. It'll happen within the next couple of years. I'm sure yeah. like she is, she's, she's got the talent. She's only going to keep getting better. Um, she hasn't even hit her prime yet. She's probably still a couple of years away from her prime. Same with Brit, as crazy as that is. She, in two or three years, Brit's going to be twice as good as what she is right now, probably. Like, and she's love, already this good. What I love about Brit is like, she kind of reminds me of like, uh, like a sorority valley girl, but like with a really mean streak. You know what I mean? Like, so like, uh, you know, 
we're going to talk about, but Ruby Soho debuted. Um, she did win the match in the Battle Royal, and I love that dynamic. Like, the Britt Baker character, the role model, should be absolutely disgusted by Ruby Soho. She should think that she's, like, the bottom of the barrel and, like, just repulsed by her and, like, feels like she's so much above her and Ruby's going to have to be, like, I belong here. I deserve to be here. Like, I think they can have a really good story of like two totally opposite people. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be, we might as well just talk about Soho right now, then go back to the the cage match. But it's going to be real sink or swim for Ruby Soho, in my opinion. Like, this is going to be a really good litmus test, I think, for like, you know, this is not just Ruby, but this goes for like a lot of people that will, end up in AEW. If you were unhappy with where you were before, or you had like a really big fan base that constantly was like going online and, you know, we want more, we want more, but like they never got it. AEW listen, and they're going to give her a shot, like a big chance. Like she's going to be in a, in a a main event level field. Cause Britt Baker is a main eventer for AEW. So like this is, and if she goes in there, she's not going to win the match. She can't, Britt has to keep the title. She has to, but if Ruby has a really, really good match against Britt Baker, then she's made. Like, she, she's going to be in that upper tier of the upper mid-card to main event level uh, women, and and therefore everybody, because they will main event their women. You know, yep. so it's like, it, but but if she goes out there and the match isn't very good, because there, I'm not, I'm not saying, once again, her in particular, but there have been cases before of wrestlers that I've seen that have left the WWE with a lot of fan support went other places and they still weren't very good. And then it was like, Oh, okay. The WWE might've been right about this person. So that's, that's what I need. Now I will say this, the end of the match between Soho and Thunder Rosa though, it was really well done. Like that was, that was a good, that was a good back and forth between her and Rosa. But we also know Rosa is. And that's my thing. Yeah. That's my thing. It's like, personally, I think Rosa is better than her. And like when it came down to those two, I don't think it's necessarily in the world. If Rosa wins that match. And like, you know, she made it to the finals. Ruby made it to the finals and she lost on the edge of the, the, the apron. Like I, so I didn't necessarily love that she won it, but also I, I didn't really watch much of her WWE stuff. Didn't really care to, um, I, I, like I said, I don't watch weekly TV and it's not like she was on pay-per-view a lot. So honestly, like for me, this is kind of the first time seeing her. Um, she showed some ability. I'm not saying she looked bad or anything, but it is a different ball game now that she's in there with someone like a, like a Brit, like a thunder. Um, and then like, also she looked completely overwhelmed by her reaction. And she said that in the interview and it was kind of like, it was kind of like, it it reminded me of kind of like when Ronda Rousey debuted and it was like, she, she should be like this badass. It's looking to like destroy people. But instead she was just like, Hey, and yay, you like me. And it was like, this ain't Rhonda. Like the WrestleMania sign. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so cringy. Right. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. So I hope that like, you know, now that the, the flowers are gone, I guess you can say, and it's Wednesday and she's facing Jamie Hayter that like now she has a little bit more of like that badass about her. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I, I do think. 
Like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker is one billion percent going to happen again for the title. It's just a matter of like when are they going to do it? Like how long will they wait yeah. between the Definitely. last one and, and the next one? Um, but I do consider like if I had to rank all the women in AEW, if I had to rank the overall package of like if you count like overness and mic skills and all that yeah, like, yeah, into yeah. it, like Britt Baker's number one. Yeah. But if, if I'm talking strictly in ring ability, I'd probably go Thunder Rosa as like the top of the the whole division yep. of like who's signed AEW, and so like Soho, she's and this is this goes to our point about AEW versus like WWE with the the square pegs and round holes or whatever is like they are they are immediately giving Ruby Soho the opportunity to succeed. Like yep. you're putting her in there with really good wrestlers right off the bat and storylines that people care about, and now it's going to be up to her to take the ball and run with it. I yep. mean, and, 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 AEW, and AEW does a great job in people losing, but continue to get elevated. We'll talk about that more throughout this show, but yeah. Soho can lose to Britt Baker and still be elevated in the process. Definitely. And for me, like, I mean, at the end of the day, when I think of the women's division, Britt, Thunder, Chris Statlander, Sheeta, Serena, like those are probably my top five. Well, Serena's NWA technically still, but that's that's the only reason I didn't. If I can add her, Deeb's my favorite in ring. Uh, yeah. Period. Now, yeah. Overall, Charlotte Flair. If I can like take any one, yeah, 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 But yeah, yeah. but seriously, for me, it's Charlotte Flair and then Serena Deeb right now. Like that's well, how highly I think of her. And I mean, I did hear that there was a we want Tessa chant and then a no we don't. So I did hear yeah. that there was a mix, which is funny to me because when I was at the Houston Dynamite. I was chanting, we want Max. There were multiple people chanting, we want Max. And then people said, no, we don't. So it's like, if people would have gave in to the cancellation of Max Caster, that kid's career would be over. And it takes a company to believe in someone and let them continue on. And that's why I just think like cancel culture is so wrong because Max made a mistake but it was a lot of people's mistakes and he didn't deserve his career to end. And I'm not saying that Tess is the same way, but I am saying that sometimes it takes a company to stand up and say, look, we know you made a mistake, but we still believe in you and we're going to go ahead and ride this thing out and see how it goes. And at the end of the day, whoever was booing Max and saying, no, we don't, they're going to be over it and Max is back. And that's, that's just the way it would happen. So I, I do think that, um, there's definitely some some female talent out there that should be signed that they haven't signed yet. But if it never happens, it's fine because I, they have a nice roster right now. And in general, their roster is ridiculous, so I can't complain. They're giving us, like, the best wrestling product in the world by far. So, But anyways, I, I do think, though, that Ruby got a lot of attention. And like you said, it's now on her to really go out there and deliver. Yeah, for sure. And everyone watching right now, I think we have close to 60 viewers last time I checked. Yeah. If y'all don't mind hitting that thumbs up button, if you're not subscribed already, please hit the subscribe button. Helps us out a ton with the algorithm here on YouTube, more people being able to see the show and kind of, you know, getting more people in the little wrestling community we got here. We're here every single Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. So please keep continue to join us. If you have super chats, uh, that's how you get your question or your comment or anything up on the screen and answered by us. And also all of this will go on the audio feed of the fight talk podcast the following day. So tomorrow, all your questions or your, all your comments and stuff, all the audio listeners will still hear those as well. So uh, any amount of super chat gets your comment or statement 
or question, you know, up on the screen and answered or read out. And, uh, and yeah, we appreciate that when y'all do that. It really helps us out a lot. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Um, so let's talk about the cage match. I mean, to me, this is match of the night. Yes. This was, this is what I thought would be match of the night. This was the match that I was looking forward to the most. I mean, people can say whatever they want about the Young Bucks. But, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, like, they deliver on pay-per-view every single time. You know, I think, you know, people will say that Shawn Michaels wasn't necessarily the biggest draw or that Shawn Michaels wasn't necessarily, like, um, the biggest merch seller or whatever you want to say. But, like, at the end of the day, like, he's viewed as kind of, like, the GOAT of wrestling because of how long he did it, or especially the GOAT of WWE, right? Yeah. But, like, yeah. in-ring performer – how long he did it, longevity, all that stuff. To me, the, the Young Bucks are the Shawn Michaels of the tag team division. I think that they are the greatest in-ring performing tag team that has ever been. And they and, and the, the reason I say that, I've never seen better tag team matches in my lifetime than what the Young Bucks have done. You might hate them. You might not think they're tough guys. You might think that they're annoying and obnoxious or whatever, but like at the end of the day, dude, nobody, in my opinion, is better than the Young Bucks. Yeah, I mean that's hard to argue. Like I, they're they're potentially my favorite tag team ever at this point too. I mean they they're definitely in the conversation. They always deliver. I remember even back when they were on like New Japan, that was always a huge selling point to me. Back in the days when like Nakamura was there, I was like really, I was like, all right. I, I had to get New Japan World because of all the buzz Nakamura was creating. Right. And then it was like, I knew about the Young Bucks because I had seen them, you know, on the indies. I'd seen them in TNA and all that stuff. But then when I saw them in New Japan, because, you know, I know they were doing a little Ring of Honor, and then they, like, really blew up the Ring of Honor. But, like, yep. I remember that being such a focal point of why I just I, – it was a, it was for me because you'd, ha- you'd have to stay up all night to watch these shows. Like, yep. all, pull all-nighters. Yep. So I would be sitting there, like, you know – you know, trying not to fall asleep and like, but a big part of it would be like, yo, young bucks matches coming up next. And I'm going to wake up the second that that thing starts. And they, they would be the, they would always be the team I could count on to get me through the night and get me pumped up enough to be there for the main event at like 6am. So um, yeah, the young bucks are awesome. This match was the best match of the show Um, outside of, Maybe Ilya Dragunov and Walter. This is probably the best match I've seen the entire year. And yeah. and this and I wouldn't I wouldn't even argue the other way around. Like if someone said this was the best, like I'm not gonna argue it. This was awesome, awesome stuff. Um, I like the Lucha Bros winning because like if not now, when like you yeah. might as like you know. And they're gonna. It's not like this is the last time we're gonna see this match. Like these two teams are gonna be linked for the eternity of AEW. So. Right. Um, yeah, this this was awesome. I love the entrance, like Mikey Ruckus, yes. and and uh, I don't know the other Fire. dude's name, but yeah, that and apparently the people that were there live, like they got hyped up for it. They said that it's it's wild because like we see this in WWE all the time with these live performances, but the performances almost always suck because either the people don't sound how they sound when they're recorded, yeah. or the um, or they're lip syncing, and it's like super obvious. This was like. This seemed like organic, and the crowd was digging it, and the Lucha yeah. Brothers were hyped up, and then the Young Bucks with their entrance, and like Nick Jackson with his his like Scott Steiner style, you know, Hollywood like, Hogan, yeah, Hollywood looking. Hogan style. I mean, that was dude. This is like, this was so good. Like, I, yeah. I know I sound like such a mark right now, and it's because I am. 
for the right. I don't care how often I cover wrestling or interview a wrestler or any of that stuff. Like at the end of the day, I am I love professional wrestling and like yep. I love that I can keep being a mark for any of these companies. Like that I can that I can really enjoy it to the level yep. that I do. And this match is a perfect example of it. Like this was basically a perfect match. They and AEW doesn't overdo certain spots. Like there was one jump off the top of the cage. Yep. But there was a lot of build towards that. Yeah. They had the the thumbtacks in the in the shoes, yep. just like uh, I remember that when they were doing like Alexis or not um, what's her name on? on uh, You're what, talking like, about the PWG. Uh, yeah, no, why am I blanking on her name? Gargano, uh, Gargano's wife. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't remember her name. Either. I don't know why I can't think name. of her name right now. Yeah, um, but uh, but regardless. Like I remember all that stuff, so it's kind of like a callback to like the indie fans Candace, too. Candace, Candace Lerae, thank you, Candace Lerae. Um, I it was like you see the thumbtack shoes, and you're immediately like, oh my god, I remember this from PWG like years mm-hmm. ago. Like they're they're it's an it's another little Easter egg to reward longtime fans. It's and 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 if you're a new fan and never seen it before, it's you're just marking out. Yeah, you're marking out because you're like, oh my god, this guy I've never seen something like this before. Right. So this, this match. This match. Absolutely ruled. Hats off to everyone involved. Hats off to Brandon Cutler for like getting all his stuff perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was like I thought he was gonna was, botch the throw. I'm like, everyone, yeah, you everyone might not make it in the cage. Well, and if you would have botched, it would have been on brand. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. Yeah, but no, and then like you know, there's a lot of blood. Like it was, it, it it came across as a vicious cage match. And one of my favorite parts was honestly seeing Pentagon celebrating with his daughters and like them holding the titles and it was like they had reached the mountaintop of their careers and it's just the tag team belts right but it's not just the tag team belts in AEW those belts mean something and that's the difference that's why people were marking out that's why the stakes are so high and that's one set of tag team titles anywhere in the world that's more important than those tag team titles none Exactly. And, ba- and back in the day, I'd probably say Ring of Honor, like because they have one of the best tag team divisions. Those belts meant something, but they're nothing like this now. Like these belts are the most important tag team titles in all of pro wrestling. Um, and so, yeah, it was a, it was a really cool to see. I thought the match was awesome. I mean, like, listen, at the end of the day, if the Young Bucks are on the pay per view card, they're going to have an amazing match. It's just what they do. They're the Young Bucks. Um, and they deliver time and time and time again. You can hate all you want, but I love them, the Young Bucks. It's same here. And them losing the titles does nothing to hurt them. Like, no. there's no harm at all in it. So, it's amazing. They'll probably, it's amazing they'll probably when they, back again. Oh, I'm sure. It's amazing how, how things work out when, like, people are built and there isn't just constant 50-50 booking and the stories make sense and the matches are good. Just well, it's very like, simple. It's like, the TLC matches, right? Does it really matter who won? Like those, uh, everybody yeah. just talks about the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. They're not talking about like, oh, this guy won or that. They don't care. It was just that they all laid their their bodies on the line and they all had these ama- this amazing match and like that's what they're remembered for. And like at the end of the day, if you go out there and you have these amazing matches and you really look like you belong in there. Everything else is fine. It'll all take care of itself. You know, you can't lose every match. But like I said, if you're smart with it, which Tony is, I mean, it, it, it's going to work out. Yeah, like look at Kingston, like we said. The guy loses all of his major matches. 
but he's one of the most over guys in the whole show. So, yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. That tag team match absolutely ruled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so where are we at now? Are we at seeing Jericho? Oh, Jericho, Jericho. Okay, yeah. yeah, Jericho, MJF. Well, let me um, let me let me talk about the entrance real quick. Yeah, yeah for yeah, that yeah. one. So yeah. the reason I'm gonna I want to talk about that because I know it's obviously gonna come up. I need to. I just need to explain this to people. And, and I got confirmation from people that were there at the show. I asked around if this was mm-hmm. the case. So, first of all, of course, obviously the MJF tease with the Jericho countdown, epic, right? Awesome, yep. awesome mm-hmm. stuff. Jericho, in theory, I love the idea of some of someone just p- rifting and playing his song to the ring, right? Like on a guitar. I think that sounds pretty badass. It looks pretty badass. The problem, though with the way that they did it on this show was they were assuming everyone was going to sing the song, right? Yeah, Obviously watched it. But the problem is I saw, I saw some people that were like, well, people didn't know the lyrics and blah, blah. I, that wasn't the case. What happened was when you're like, when you were at the show, everyone yep. knew it was going to happen. So everyone yep. was prepared for it. And like kind of to start at the same time, everyone's on the same page. We all had our phones out. Like we were right. ready. No one knew this was going to happen on this show. Yeah. So, but the problem in a building that that size, and you hear this at sporting events, if you ever go live to a football game in a stadium and that kind of stuff, this happens. Where because of the delay and the echo in the building, you think that you're you're on the same time yeah. as the other people, and the chance gets screwed up sometimes. Yeah, um, definitely. And at, that happened with this song. Everyone was singing the song, or most of the people they were singing the song. But and they all thought that they were all in tune, but there's no way to know that they're all off tune. So so when the dude goes into the chorus, everyone thinks they're together, and Jericho is just kind of standing there. And then it was sad because when it ended, they were just dead. Like they weren't like Jericho was in there, like all right, everyone, come on, cheer me again. Like yeah, like, yeah, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to put out there the entrance. I know it didn't come off good, but we also have to consider the circumstances of everything I just said. Like the people in the in the stadium probably thought it was awesome, but like it just right. didn't sound right on TV. So I kind of think that you know, like they kind of just need to like know that it peaked in Houston and not to try to make this thing like a every time sing along thing. Like, well, because after the match, they all were singing it together. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. On the- speakers you know yeah and then like you know cults of personality comes on from punk and they're all singing along and stuff and it's like you know it's it 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 is what it is but yeah yeah it's it's a hard thing to do the timing and everything plus like like i said in houston we were told in advance no no judas so we need you guys you know what i mean but like this it was just kind of like okay we're random Plus, shout to MJF for using the countdown clock. Yeah, and, awesome. yeah, that was that was nice. Jericho's last match that was dope. They've got to um, have MJF one million percent has to have that as an action figure with the the cape robe thing he was wearing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. tier toyetic. Yes. Yep. So yeah, um, I think it definitely hurt that they, we've seen these guys wrestle before. It wasn't a bad match by any means. I I really got emotionally involved because I was not ready to see Jericho leave. When they counted to three and his foot was on the ropes, I was like, this is BS, like, no. And then when they restarted the match, it was like, yes. And then, like, you know, he tapped him out, and it's like – it kind of felt a little bit like – 
I don't know, Hollywood Hogan finish like like yeah, you're him not and Piper, him and, him and Piper in '97. Yeah, dude. that was yeah. exactly it. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you're not gonna beat me clean, but we'll do a little something here. So like, and then like the whole the whole point of it, right? Like MJF's beaten three times, and then like he had to do this kind of thing. It just it kind of seemed a little politicish, but at the end of the day, Jericho stays at it has more star power for the roster. I'm for it, so. Overall, it was a good match. Um, it, it did what it needed to do. Yeah, I thought I, I actually really liked the match. Um, I like that Jericho won with the walls of Jericho. He was trying to turn him into the lion tamer, but like didn't yeah. want to get off balance. Um, and I like that move, always staying established as a as a dangerous submission hold for him. Right. And I also I don't think it's any. I, and Jericho's a smart guy. I don't think it's any coincidence that Jericho was down and out after he got hit with the Judas. Yep. Like, he's trying to make it clear. Anyone gets hit with that Judas effect, like, it's over. Well, so, what's funny is, is he never hit it. No, I know. That's that's yeah. true. But, but Max hit it on him. Right. And Jericho needed the foot on the ropes and was down on the ground like he was dead for the next, like, you know, three minutes as they tried right. to figure everything out. Um, But I – so – I've, I've answered this question a few times since the show about like if I liked this type of finish, like the dusty type finish in the end of this match. It goes against everything that I would normally say because I don't like the idea of the a match restarting. Um, I, I, the the particular example, like because I can just go right back to that 1997 Piper and Hogan type stuff. Like I remember being infuriated as like a ten year old kid watching stuff like that. Yeah. Um, now, I also despise 50-50 booking, which they did in, in this match. Like, Max won, then, then Jericho won. Like, it was, right. like, basically 50-50 within one match. But in this particular scenario, it all worked perfect. Yeah. Because all these things actually made sense for what the story was, for where both guys are going after this. Like, it's... I thought I thought it was good, and the people live. It sounds like they liked the finish too, because like they did get bummed out when Jericho lost, and they did get hyped up when they restarted the match. Yeah. So like, you know, and sorry if it's I'm I'm, I'm gonna be getting a storm right now. It's like raining pretty heavy. Yeah, I can, I can hear it, but it's okay. We'll okay. We'll, we'll go through it. Um. So yeah, it was good. So what are we now? CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk, Darby Allen. Okay, so. Okay, how do I say this? Um, I so when it first started, right? I uh, I I felt like there was already a little bit of um, shininess taken off of Punk because we've seen him so much. Like, clearly, wasn't the same ovation he's been he's got at Rampage or anything like that. Even though it's time for him to wrestle, uh, it was more of those like almost like a nervous thing for everyone like it was hard to really like yes you're fired up at first but now it's kind of like you start to realize like how important this is for him to look good because if he doesn't look good this is going to be rough so then I think it kind of like almost like kind of flatlined the crowd a little bit and then it was more like they were just so focused on punk and and hoping that everything was going to be okay and uh I really feel like Punk, I wouldn't say, how do I say this? I feel like that he really was more so focused on just getting a feel that he did things that he normally wouldn't do in the future. 
but it was like constant headlocks. Every time he did a headlock, you could see him talking to Darby. It started off pretty slow, but I will say this. Everything that Punk did physically looked good. It's not like you watched him and you were like, oh, he's washed. He can't turn right. Or, oh, he, his knee didn't hit. Or, oh, he didn't look good here. Or, oh, he bumped wrong. Like, none of that. It was more so just like the psychology of the match and getting comfortable. And as the match went on, it got better. Like, the turnbuckle spot where he threw Darby through the whole damn turnbuckle. That was, that was honestly, that's, that's an underrated, like the, the danger in doing that move for so many reasons. Like that was dangerous as hell. Like Darby's nuts. Darby is nuts. And then the GTS to the outside of the ring, that was brutal. Um, There was just a lot of like cool spots mixed in with a little bit of Randy Orton headlock, Randy headlock Orton. You know what I mean? Yes, but I, so I actually loved that he did that stuff. I loved it because he is reestablishing himself as a professional wrestler. And the reason that's important is because I've said it a thousand times. If he would have went out there and like shot a single or like, you know, went for like a spinning back fist or, you know, it was like, like an MMA stance. Like he was like, you know, I'd be like, oh no! Like they're they're gonna they're gonna lean into this MMA background stuff. I'm gonna and, be honest. There was a couple times where he got physical, and I was just like, "You got your ass kicked." Like I did somewhat feel that it took me a little bit to take me out of the UFC punk because it was the last time we saw him do anything physical. And yeah. so when he was like, even like on Rampage when he was like on the turnbuckle and he kept jacking him in the head. On top uh, on the top turnbuckle throwing punches, it was just kind of like, eh, okay, so yeah, I, I get it. Well, and Punk, you know, and I, I'm just gonna bring this up to you real quick, just because I, I I can't stop thinking about it. But Punk was on commentary. I think it was for Daniel Garcia and Darby Allen. Yep, he was, and during that match, like he was critiquing Daniel Garcia's rear naked choke defense. Mm-hmm. Like he was literally talking about why. Mm-hmm why Garcia had bad, like, like what he needed to do to attack the arms and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there going, that's the exact move you tapped out to in, like, a minute. Like, <laughs> like that's, like, you know nothing about defending. I mean, you know about defending, but you, you can't do it. Right. So, like, but, so, but I, anyways. I will I, say, I, though, that, like, him in Darby, just, like, the image of it, like, the, Punk looked huge. Like, Punk yeah. looked like a guy leaving the WWE and coming to face <laughs> somebody that's more of a lower-sized guy, smaller-sized guy. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I really no, didn't. I don't think it was and, bad at all. I, I think it was encouraging to see Punk. Like I said, everything physically he did, he looked good. So, to me, it's like and, – and I would be okay with – some of the, the 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 submissions and headlocks constantly used because that's kind of how they did ROH matches back in the day, right? It built, but this was a pretty quick match for the most part. This wasn't very long, and so it just kind of it just had a weird flow. I and this is another thing that I totally changed my mind on. I think you know because we were talking like, oh, maybe Punk wrestles eight to ten times. I think Punk needs to wrestle a lot. I really do. I think Punk needs to get in there and. and I kind of think, honestly, like a match with like a Brian Danielson to me would be really good for him because Brian would be like, I'm going to show you that you can still do this. I'm going to take you to your limit and show you 
just how good you still are. Like, I think he needs that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, something like that. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people were talking about it. I liked the uh, the pants, like, you know, just changing it up. Like, I thought he looked fine out there. Um, I think that – I honestly think it was pretty much a perfect – it was pretty much a perfect return for him. Like, it really was. Like, I don't think it could have gone much better for him. The pants and, threw me off, too. It was different. Like, it, well, it threw it's, me off, it's but, bad. like, it looked none fine. It's yeah. bad. It's not bad. It's just visually. You haven't seen this guy in the ring in seven years, and he's in pants – and he used to be a former UFC fighter that didn't go well. It's just a lot to the, but that's what I'm saying is I think if you put him in the ring more, even yeah. if it's just tag matches, whatever, just get used to the idea that CM Punk is a pro wrestler again. I think it will really work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then on the other side, the other, you know, with Darby and Sting, I love how basically before the match, Darby and Sting are together. And Darby's like, Dad, I got this. I got to do this on my own. And yeah. Things like, I got you, son. Like, oh, I'm going to let you do this on your own. So Darby goes out there and has, like, this great performance. Because that's a big part of it, too. Like, I mean, all the credit in the world to CM Punk for doing what he did. But even more credit to Darby Allen Because, like, he made Punk look like a million bucks out there, too. Like, yeah. Darby totally accomplished what he needed to out there to, to get Punk back in the mix. Um, so... You know, and then after the match, a proud father comes out. Sting comes out, and, you know, he's telling his son, Darby, he's like, man, this, you know, you really tried out there. That was a really good effort. And all of them are shaking hands in the ring. And, like, you know that we're going to get CM Punk versus Sting at some point. See, like, I, don't, I, I don't know if we're going to get that, that match or we're going to get a tag match that's going to involve them. Like, I, mean, I don't know if we're going to get a one-on-one. But imagine, like, a I do CM think, Punk being like, get out of here, old man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they can be good. And I, I would like I would like Punk to really get his feet under him for a while and then do it. But yeah. you never know what could happen. But, man, like, really, I, I want Punk and Brian versus the Young Bucks. I really yeah. do. I think it could actually happen somewhat soon, honestly, because of what happens in the next match. But – I'm, I don't even know if we, we don't even talk about QT and Big Show. That's just next. I mean, that match was literally there to take the crowd who was way yep. up here for the CM Punk thing and bring them down so yep. that they can get back up for the main event. We all yep. know that how this goes. This was the Diva Battle Royal WrestleMania spot back in the day, what they used to do. Like, yes. we're just like, okay, throw them out there. Not saying they deserve that. I'm just saying that was their philosophy. No, dude, at WrestleMania 30, when I was there and saw The Undertaker lose to Brock Lesnar, there was a <laughs> there was a multi-women's match that happened before Daniel Bryan won the title, and I could not tell you anything about that women's match. I couldn't tell you who was in it. I just know it happened. But that's, that's basically the AEW equivalent of this Paul White and QT Marshall match. No yeah. one's going to remember what happened. It was there specifically to get the crowd down before they got him back up again. Also, like, bizarre Billy Gunn hitting him with a chair <laughs> to set up the match. And I almost feel like it was to make up in case, like, Paul White was really bad in the ring. Like, they had a built-in excuse that he was hitting a chair before it. Otherwise, why would you do that? And they still haven't explained why Billy Gunn did that. And I really don't want to see Billy Gunn and Paul White on Dynamite or anything. You can throw a thing on Dark if you want to, but, like, I, I don't see the point in that. So, um, I, I don't know. I didn't I – didn't, I didn't, it didn't fit at all. We're literally talking about banger after banger after banger after banger, and then we put that out there. But I understand you need something to kind of 
let the crowd go to the bathroom or whatever. But and, and also at some point they're gonna do Paul White versus Shaq. So it's like, are like how long this until then? So this it's like true. you want Big Show involved just a little bit so that people remember him and know what he's about. I could see maybe them doing Shaq and Big Show versus the Gun Club in like a handicap match, just so like both guys can like do yeah. something together and then they'll wrestle each other next right. or something. Right. I don't know, but the gun the Gun Club stuff, we'll see. I mean, I think Colton Gun, I think he's like undefeated. Hmm. Like I think I saw when I saw his like last match or whatever, he was like ten or fifteen and zero or something this year. I was like, okay, like yeah, maybe they're doing something with these kids. I, I don't know. It's pretty much been all on AEW Dark, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's we've probably talked enough about that match. So yep, it was it was three minutes long. Uh, we got a super chat from Chris. Appreciate it, Chris. Um, hands down, the best pay per view in AEW history, which was coming off Double or Nothing, which I considered their best pay per view up until Sunday. These are becoming must see events. Um, I mean, absolutely. Like, AEW pay-per-view, there's only four a year. Um, personally, for me, as good as they are, I want six. But I know that they also want special dynamites to be like pay-per-view feel. So, like, I'll accept that as well. Oh, but, yeah, for free. Yeah, exactly. But it, it really reminds me of, like, kind of like the UFC back in, like, 2001, 2002, where there only were, like, four or five of them. And, I mean, every time there was one, it was just huge. At this point, I wish it was still like that. There was a while that I liked that it was every weekend, but the I I do miss the days when the UFC, like, when it was like that. Those cards were just stacked from top to bottom. And, like, there was just – it was just – like, there was no option. Do I get it? Do I not? Like, this stuff just can't miss. Your your anticipation built throughout months for these fights. And to me, like, AEW pay-per-views, it's it's just no question. You order it. Like, you get these pay-per-views. These pay-per-views are amazing. Um, And uh, in my opinion, their best shows have been Double or Nothing 2019, Revolution – 2020 and double or nothing 2021 and um this one and i can honestly say this was their best pay-per-view they've ever done so and 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 i'm talking about they've already may had some really good ones so yeah, yeah this was this was incredible hell yeah i see tree slayer in the chat what's up josh i saw i watched your uh your video with uh with chase um David, he was there at the show. Uh, so yeah, I know. He, I, Brandon, I saw- Brandon was there. True Slayer was there. Another Brandon was there. Manib was there. My buddies, uh, Ruben and Adam and Gabe were there. Like everyone was well, freaking there. Well, something I saw True Slayer say and clarify in the chat, because I think you said this. You may have, you may not have said it definitively, but he was at WrestleMania 17 and at this show this past Sunday. Yeah. Let me know in the chat, Josh. Like, was was this better than being at WrestleMania 17 at the peak of the Attitude Era? Because if it is, like, that's saying a lot. You know what I mean? Like, that really is a, a well, stamp of approval. Well, and that's the thing. We'll, we'll get into it. We got one more match to go over, and then we're going to kind of talk about the future of AEW and really where it's at and all that stuff. So let's talk about Kenny and Christian. Um I thought this match was really good. I thought it was better than what the crowd was reacting to it. I kind of feel like the crowd was kind of dead for the most part. Like there, there was, there were parts where they were into it, but it was like, honestly, I think they were so convinced that Brian Danielson was going to be there that it was just like, let's just get to Brian Danielson. Yeah. We got one, we got one pop left in us. Let's, let's get, let's save our energy for Brian Danielson, right? So, 
Um, Kenny wins, which, you know, off the second turnbuckle into the um, one-wing angel, right? Yep. And uh, great way to end it. And, and what I love is, like, when he hit that, right, I knew Christian was never kicking out of that because the one-wing angel is already so established that you don't kick out of it. If he's hitting the one-wing angel off of any top rope or anything, it's over. So I, I, I really appreciate that part of Kenny's finish. Like, the one-wing angel really means something. Um, and uh, I totally miss the reference of they're already dead. Oh, yeah, that was the, the so big like, clue, yeah. Because I'm paying attention. I'm still thinking Brian Danielson. Like, yeah. cause he said other people from other companies or whatever. And I totally missed that reference. When I came and played it back, I was like, Oh my God, it was right there in front of me the whole time. So when the lights go out and it's Adam Cole, I mean, just, and now and, it's all about yes. the boom. I mean, and, and Adam Cole and he comes out in a leather Good jacket. Ball. Yeah. I, I just like, honestly, that one was probably got a bigger reaction out of me for sure. Because I didn't know for sure if Cole was coming. I didn't know when he was coming. I felt pretty good Cole was coming, but I didn't know when he was coming. And, like, to just get it that night was just like, yes, right? And then for him to kick Jungle Boy in the face and hug the elite, God, it felt so good. Because it's like you forget about these guys. Like, yes, he's Adam Cole, but he's not the same Adam Cole. He wasn't the same Adam Cole from Ring of Honor, from the Bullet Club, that hung out with the Elite, that was in Mount Rushmore, PWG. Like, that's the Adam Cole we got. That's the one that hugged the Elite. Like, and to see them, like, kiss him on the cheek, and it was just like... And Kenny's behind him, kissing yes. the back of his and head. it was just like, <laughs> yes, God. Like, yes. <laughs> They're back together. Like... It wasn't just rumored that they've been friends all along. Like they're they're still friends. This is great, you know. Um, and Steen's like, yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Steen's like, when my contract up? Yeah. So um, not Rushmore, baby. That's right. So so then, you know, uh, I have prepared myself to hear final countdown. Like yeah, I am ready, yeah. right? All of us have. Yeah. And and then uh, Kenny, you know gonna wish us a good night and uh bam here comes brian danielson's music and it's the wwe version at first so you know it's him and then it's like some generic hip-hop thing that i'm honestly i'm not the biggest fan of but i don't really care because brian danielson is an AEW, so like whatever and he didn't care about selling his new t-shirt or nothing he comes out in a white t-shirt and like he he uh I swear to God, when they when they were all when he was with Jungle Boy and um, Luchasaurus and Christian, and he was staring down the elite, I had WCW NWO vibes. Like I had this like electricity feeling of like this feels big, you know, and uh, it. it it, it just and, and it leaves you wanting so much more. I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait to find out what's happening next. You know what I mean? And then um, another thing I love about AEW is they do pressers at the end, right? I've probably watched the presser with Adam Cole, Ruby, and, 
and, and Brian Danielson probably like four or five times over just because it's so surreal to me to see those guys with Tony Khan. You know what I mean? And Tony Khan is like cheesy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's just looking lovingly at these guys. Like, like, occasionally sneaks in a hug, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, he's yeah. just, oh, rubbing their arms and be like, you're so cool, man. Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and like, it's to the point to where it's making, like, CM Punk uncomfortable. And, and he's he, like, like <laughs> thank you, Tony. Thank you. This is all because of you. And he's yeah. like, no. No, it's not okay. Well, thanks, it, Stone. You it, know, it's like it's like the real life version of, of Dark Order to Hangman Page, right? <laughs> like, I mean, and like when he gives them a hug when they stand up, I mean, the man closes his eyes and just dives in there, like, yeah. thank you, you know, Adam Cole, whatever. Also, like one thing that I, I definitely picked up on is he has a close relationship with the Lucha Bros because, like, he he like stopped mid question when Pinta was saying something he just gave Pinta like a big hug like he's really happy for them and like I can tell that they've been through it right like that he really cares about them um and then that's where you're kind of like this guy's kind of socially awkward and I know that people are going to make fun of him till the day that he dies but I really don't care like Dude, those people can shove it this oh guy oh my god this, this guy everything this guy's like what we're seeing right now is the it's the brainchild of one of us who has been he's been writing this show for like 20 years of his life yeah. like like he's been preparing for this yeah. for so long i feel like, like too right like we've had to like whether they've asked for it or not like we've started to realize that people that were in charge of wrestling didn't know what they were doing so we had to constantly give our opinion and advice right and i feel like with tony so many so many of us now are just kind of like you know what? Yeah, just do you it. Got, you got this, bro. Yeah, You've proven sure. to me that it's going to work. So you do what you do, and I'm just going to be here to enjoy the ride. I don't have to be stressed out. I don't have to pray and hope that this is going to happen or this is going to happen. Like, Tony's got me. Tony understands me. Tony knows what I want, and he goes out there and gives it to me, right? So one thing that I really picked up on was CM Punk – his attitude almost is like an exit strategy, kind of. Like, I'm here to make a, po- a negative, a positive, and close out my career the way I want and, and put over people and all that stuff, right? And Brian Danielson is here to show that he is the best in the world. And if you think you're great, I want to wrestle you and see just how good you are. And I freaking love that. I love that. He wants to bring the you're going to get your effing head kicked in. I, we got to start those chants again. When you're in there live and his match starts, you're going to get your effing head kicked in. And, like, let's bring back the American Dragon because he's ready. And and, and I, I love that about him. He is not – and that's another thing he said about Vince is Vince is really overprotective of, of him. And, like, he wants to really test himself. He wants to get thrown in the fire and just see how good everyone says they are. So, I, and and to me, another thing that I've really picked up on is how much competition has to be going on in AEW right now. Like, if you're Adam Cole and you're seeing MJF cut a promo and you're like, you know what? I think I can do better than him. I think I'm going to try to do better than him. Or you're seeing somebody in the ring. It's like, oh, you guys had a great match. I think we can do it better. Like, that used to always happen in the Attitude Era. 
there was a high level of competition in the Attitude Era. Guys, and maybe a little too cutthroat, but guys always wanted those top spots and they fought for them. And I feel like if you give like young guys a chance and they're going to shine and they know they have to do something to stick out and the old vets know that they have to do something to keep their spot, like that's always going to push things and it's always going to give us great content. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot there, um, a lot to unpack. So I, I like the competition aspect, obviously. Like that's, that's only going to be good. The competition is yeah. good in like pretty much all senses. Right. Um, but there's so much just cool stuff about this and the way the show ended and, and just the way it left everything. Like with, like with Adam Cole coming back. Well, actually, I want to throw this a shout out too. I, I marked out hard when Kenny Omega did that spot on the uh, on the table when oh, he yeah. said, did, "Did I do that?" Like yep. Steve Urkel, I thought that yep. was so funny. And um, then, then he used it again. Yeah, so when it they, again. they got him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that thought it was funny. But but then with Adam Cole, like I love how, like he comes back, he super kicks Jungle Boy, and like the first thing Kenny Omega says on the microphone, he's like, "Y'all thought I was scared? This guy's one of our best friends." Right. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, there's so much layers to this. And then you see, like, even after Danielson debuts, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks are like, they got their arms over each other, like retreating to the back. And it's like nothing had changed. It's like the last four years just like, just didn't happen. for, And like, yep. they're just all back. They're, they're right where they left off. It's incredible. At the end of BTE is amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. You see Adam hug the Bucks, and they're all telling each other they love each other, and, you know, he hugs Britt, and, you know, it, and Adam's just like, we're all back together again. And it's like, that's the thing, too, like, all these WWE fans think that, like, Adam is just coming because he's, like, going to a new company. Like, no, Adam's going back home. Like, that's that's what people just don't understand, is he might have never debuted for AEW, but that's his home. You know, that's Kevin Owens' home. Like, that's why people are getting excited. AJ Styles. That's AJ Styles' home. home. And CM Punk might not welcome him with open arms, but there are plenty of people that will. They've dealt with it in the past together. Absolutely. So, so like, that that's what people need to understand. And and it's like, well, they're they're WWE guys. No, they're Ring of Honor guys first. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I saw a tweet that said most of these guys – that they're claiming are WWE guys are Ring of Honor Hall of Famers. And that's the truth. Like, oh, yeah. And, and what's crazy about this, too, Adam Page wasn't even there that night. You know or what? Or Cody I mean? Rhodes. Or Cody Rhodes. And, and honestly, I kind of feel like Adam and Kenny are going to have that Cody Rhodes, Kenny vibe to them. And I Wait, think Adam, possibly, or Adam, Adam Cole, or Adam Page. Adam Cole. Adam Cole and Kenny, like, a, yes. who leads the Bullet Club type Yes. Thing. And, I kind of think that eventually the Bucks turn on Kenny and go with Cole this time. And Cole's always going to have in the back of his mind that it could happen. And like, he's still never going to forgive Kenny for what he did. Like the, the, the character of Adam Cole is never just going to be like, buddy, like he is going to stab Kenny in the back at some point. Do you think Brett should join the elite? I don't know. Because the problem is, is I feel like that, yes, they're powerful together, but man, Britt's got something going that's just totally separate right now. Um, 
I think that they should always make reference that they are together. I think that they should definitely have maybe, um, you know, backstage segments or stuff that let them know possibly keep, even keep matches. Doing each keep doing each other's moves here and there. Yeah, yeah, possibly yeah. even matches. Um, would it, it would it, wouldn't it be that crazy if like Britt just came in to like do an interference to help Adam win either? Like something like that, I think would be fine too. But I don't know if she would ever actually be a member of the elite. But the elites never had a female member, right? So right. like that, and she's huge. She's a huge star now. So I mean that yeah. that would be really cool. And it'd be an even easier way to like give her a really long term title reign because you could book yourself out of certain situations where like the elite could help her retain titles, how they've helped Kenny when he's needed it and stuff like that. So I think it'd be interesting. Um, I'm not saying I like necessarily have to see it, but you know what I mean. Like I, I think it'd be an interesting idea if they wound up doing it. Do um, you think though we're gonna get the four on four at Arthur Ashe, or do you think that that could be done sooner before Arthur Ashe? I that's a really good question. I don't know when they're gonna do it. Um, I'd probably just do that on Dynamite. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean Arthur Ashe is a Dynamite technically, but I, right. I feel like you could do like that. That one New York show before Arthur Ashe, it's like 15,000 or something. I feel like you could do that there. Um, but to me, Arthur Ashe, man, I, give me Omega and Daniel Bryan, dude. That's, yeah. that's Brian Danielson. That's the match. That's, that's the one we need to see. Yeah, I agree. And then Omega needs to retain there. Like it's yeah. still, it still needs to be Hangman uh, to be. Which Kenny I, at this point. I think with Adam Cole now with the Elite, you can find enough ways of interference to kind of screw the Brian Daniel Brian Danielson. Thank you. Um, out of the match, you know what I mean. So um, and, and not be hokey. Like they'll figure it out. I think it'll be fine. One well, something but, else we haven't even like talked about is like all the match possibilities for Adam Cole. Like, I mean, just oh. like, just the fact that like, I mean, it's, it's all the same people you would say for so many like, others. Do you do like, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy since he kicked Jungle yeah, Boy in the uh, face? A thousand percent. You do that, you do that sooner than later. But also right. I think you do, you do Hangman in Adam Cole. Like you got to do that match at some point soon. And then you even have the backstory of, of Adam Page. Like the Adam Page only started calling himself Hangman when, Adam Cole joined the Bullet Club because he thought having also being named Adam was going to confuse people and Adam Cole was a bigger star. So he like gave up his name basically because of this guy. Right. Like, like there's, and, and they're both, they're both, I mean, Adam, what's so cool about all this too with Adam Cole is like, I heard people complaining about like, oh, he got overshadowed by Brian Danielson debuting. No, like he literally just rejoined his group and just wait to see what these guys are going to do together. Like yeah. this is gonna be no one got overshadowed. Brian the Brian and the Brian Danielson thing I'll also say with his theme music, because obviously we wanted the final countdown. Everyone wanted that. But yeah. they clearly gave him a song that's very similar to like Samoa Joe's WWE song, where like it's very or, or Matt Riddle's WWE song, where it's clearly supposed to be like bro, 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 bro. With yes, it's yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, there it's clearly a beat made for that yeah. if they want to do that. So And um, he's not sure if he can actually do it, which I found interesting. Yeah, now I don't think he necessarily even needs to. No, um, I agree. He was but, happy that, he said he was happy that the crowd did it. And I mean I think that they'll you know they know what to do when he comes out. I don't yeah. think that that'll be that big of a deal. I mean and, and I'm interested to know like did that Europe band just did, were they not interested or asked for too much money or did they I heard, back to I heard it was too much money. 
That's got to be too much money for right. Tony Khan. Exactly. Yeah. They're not even reasonable in my in my opinion. Well, especially because like Rancid literally came up with the idea for Ruby Soho to use the song Ruby Soho, and they're not charging them anything. Well, <laughs> you not know, like Punk calls Colts a personality, like the band and Living Color, like, yeah, yeah, and Living Color, and like he's just like, hey, like I, I'm going back in. I need the song, and they're like, okay, cool, you know, like I'll talk to Tony, and yeah. it's done. They're like, we'll use a gigantic boost in Spotify downloads for the next few months, like right, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's why I don't understand. Like, if Brian came out to that song, then like their their Spotify Europe all of a sudden they're gonna get all these plays, but they want to be hardball about it. Whatever. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Whatever. I mean, and like you like you said, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what song he's using because it's Brian Danielson and AEW at the end of the day. Yes. Like, who cares? And I think one of the things that he said that really like hit it home for me was like. I loved where I was at. Yeah. And I left. And like Punk, Punk really didn't seem to like that answer. (laughs) Like Punk was like, yeah, he loved it so much, but he did leave. So obviously it wasn't like the best. So it's like he really hates the WWE and I get it. But there are people that enjoyed their time there. They they did become superstars there. Um, and, And at the end of the day, like Daniel Bryan, who's now Brian Danielson, um, he he chose to leave to really, I, I just think, the ultimate competition to really test himself and to really face, like, the best wrestlers in the world and have the freedom to do so. And like you said, he loved to hear the fans. He loved the fan base. And I, and I think that that's another thing, too, is, like, if you're a WWE guy – and you go to these Raws and you go to these SmackDowns and you're watching these shows or you're, you're wrestling in these shows and then you go home and you watch AEW on Wednesday night and you see stuff in the crowd that's very reminiscent of the Attitude Era. Like, there's no way that you're not thinking like, damn, like, I would love to be a part of that. You know what I mean? When I think that's, you hear that a lot with a lot of these people that are signing from the WWE over to AEW it's been pretty consistent that all of them have been like, oh yeah, like I was watching the show weekly and like I like I got the bug to want to come over here and like I was seeing what y'all were doing and the story. So like WWE wrestlers are watching AEW and paying attention to what they're doing, but I doubt like hardly any of the AEW wrestlers are watching WWE. Like they just don't care what they're doing. Yeah. They're doing their own thing and sticking to their own stuff and they're not even concerned about what the WWE is doing. Well, AEW wrestlers are clearly watching AEW and going, Oh damn! Like I might want to be there instead. Well, and then like the type of guy too that that Adam Cole is is like he made sure that he stayed so he could put over Kyle O'Reilly. Yep. Like that's, that's the only the, reason he stayed. It's the only reason he stayed. And like the WWE respected him so much for that that I don't think that they cared that he left at that point. They were just like, "Thank you for doing a solid." Because dude, he honestly could have like just been in, like, mid-program and just showed up at Dynamite on Wednesday. And that would have been a big blow to them. And he didn't do that. So um, I give him credit for that as well. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and, and, uh, and I'm like, did you see Johnny Gargano's tweet where he was like, I can't stress about things that are out of my control at this point. I just know that I have a five – I have a baby coming in five months. And it's like – 
clearly people in NXT right now are stressing out. Like it, it, it's like they don't know what their future is. And the way that I feel is, is if the WWE wouldn't hire you now, then I would be really worried if I'm in that company right now with the direction they're going. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very uh, very uncertain times. I know we talked about it before uh, the stream, but I, I do think it's hilarious. Thought, or not hilarious, but it's interesting. The idea that because like with Brian Danielson leaving the company, he's and him being happy, like, he had just been a main event at WrestleMania. Like, he was yeah. in a good spot with the company. He could have been there for life and made millions of dollars a year and just, like, done the, the easy thing. Yep. And he and his wife works there. His father-in-law works there. And not only does his father-in-law work there, he's the one who has to negotiate the contract with him. <laughs> so, like, he has to explain to his his... Or, or, or hide the fact. For all we know, they, they were in negotiating, and he had to be like, listen, I just don't want to talk about this anymore for a while. Like, let me figure things out. And then went and signed with AEW right. behind his own step or behind his own father-in-law's back. Um, so there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really interesting layers to like how all of this has has just wound up going down. And if I was in NXT, like you were saying. Like you know, it's all changing. Like they changed the logo to like the the multicolored deal, and the whole it's all going to change. And if you're a Gargano or a Champa or somebody who's been in this the NXT system for like multiple years, and WWE didn't have anything to do with you on Raw or SmackDown up to this point for whatever reason, whether it was your your own decision to want to stay in NXT or they had nothing for you, whatever it is, it's over. I'm sorry, it's over for you. Like yeah. like you're. And in in the part of the problem that's going to arise with some of these guys and girls, and I, I feel bad for the ones that are going to get stuck and boxed out. Yeah. But there were there were a lot of these wrestlers had opportunities over the last couple of years to get out, and they resigned. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I do I think there's still room on AEW's roster for more ex WWE people. Absolutely, there are still people I would definitely take. But I don't know if I would take a champ or a Gargano right now. I really don't. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you know what I mean? That. So but it's I, like but man, I, I think Impact could be really impressive roster with some of these guys. I mean, a lot of this could benefit Impact. It's just a yeah. matter of like I mean, Impact's not really in like the best spot either, but at least at least you get paid and at least you have the potential to do crossover stuff with AEW if you're with right. Impact. Um and I don't knock people who sign with with Impact Wrestling, but there there is something there's a difference between being like an in indie talent that signs with AEW and it's like a big or sorry signs with Impact Wrestling and it's like a big step up. Like you're getting paid more money, you're on TV, more people are seeing you, versus being like in NXT and then going kind of like down to Impact and the AEW doesn't want you. Like that's yeah. a totally different scenario. You know yeah. what I mean? Like honestly, um, the whole Bray Wyatt rumors that are like that they, they think he's might go to Impact or that like he doesn't mm-hmm. uh, necessarily want to go to AEW. That's not. Yeah, I think it's all BS. I think he's going to AEW. Like I, I, I just don't think. I, I don't think much more of it. I think he's going to AEW. Yeah, um, I agree. I think Braun will go to Impact, but I think that yeah, Bray. Braid AEW, especially once again, Tony Khan. There's no way he hasn't had that conversation. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like if if Bray and um, Malachi Black were together, it would just be like this evil, sinister, like feels like an unbeatable type team. Like 
the the stuff that they could come up with. Yeah, I mean that that'd be really interesting to see if they could do something together. Because like when you when you see Malachi cut those promos in the smoke, like mm-hmm. I just feel like I could see Bray Wyatt coming out with him on the other side. You know what I mean? Like I I, I don't know. I just something about those two and, and giving full creative pre- freedom. I feel like they could create some really freaky crazy stuff. Well, and like Bray coming over, it just seems it seems like such a perfect fit for a lot of reasons. And like one of them is. We've heard multiple wrestlers at this point that joined AEW specifically cite the re- a big reason being how they treated Brody Lee. And there was very few people closer to Brody Lee than Bray Wyatt. So, like, you know that Tony Khan and AEW has had that conversation with Bray, I'm sure, at some point about Bray being like, man, I really appreciate what y'all did for Brody, and them being like, Come on over, man. Like we'll treat you the same way. You well, know what I mean? Like, start, and I always thought this, man. This is one thing that really stood out to me when I saw that Brody, uh, the Brody Lee tribute show. I was like, that's the best recruitment video you could ever do. If you knew him and you watched that and you saw like how they treated that, and what did Daniel Brian Danielson say? That really stood out to him. How they handled the situation is what really stood out to Punk. Like. It definitely did. I, I can't imagine Bray Wyatt watched that and was like, dude, I, I need to be there. Like, I want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, at the end of the day, I just I, I, I don't see any other way. Plus, it, it kind of just seems like what they're doing is if they got a pay-per-view every three months or so, usually there's a new big name available at that point. And, I mean, Bray Wyatt will be available right before full gear. So – it's going to be interesting. Um, and then another thing that did happen, too, that I was kind of surprised by, not shocked, but Scorpio Sky got a five-year extension. So that should retire him in AEW. So yeah, He's almost 40. Yeah. Um, but so, that's good. I mean, he's a guy – there's going to be a lot of guys like him that are going to be rewarded for being day one AEW wrestlers. Yep, I agree. And he's one yep. of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Kaz. We'll see about that because he's older than 40, I would think, right? Yeah, but he's probably already, like, transitioned to some degree to backstage. You know, yeah. He's the elite elite killer. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, and and Daniels is, like, full-time backstage and, like, out there sometimes on the show. But, like, you see how, like, they just kind of phase it out. It's not an embarrassment. It's just kind of like, okay, he doesn't really attack the elite anymore, and it's just kind of over. And I, and I I like that. I, I don't like I don't I don't like that they they would just continue it just because like well we're we're committed we're gonna keep doing this even though it's not really over it's not really working it's just like oh, on to the next you know what I mean yeah Kazarian was like one of the guys on Impact like they carried the story over onto Impact and like even over there it was kind of like no one really cared about the elite yeah. kind of thing even over on Impact so yeah, this is what yeah it, is. it didn't work. The best thing he's done in, in AEW, in my opinion, is the being the elite episode, the Christmas episode, where he like has to uh, finally go to anger management after like all the ghosts talk to him, and he finds that he's going to lose to Brandon Cutler. That was hilarious. That, but that was the best thing I've seen him do in, in AEW. He, he's had some pretty good matches, but like the thing that stands out the most for me is like that one particular being the elite episode. He's actually really, really funny sometimes. Like his, yeah. his sense of humor is actually pretty funny. So yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's a mixed bag with Bray, but I do think that 
he shows up in AEW, yeah, in my opinion. I, I agree. He'll be the next like big I mean, Ric Flair is coming soon, I think. Uh, but he's talking big... about that. So they kind of dropped a hint on All Out. And I don't know if a lot of people picked up on that. But basically, it, it, it was kind of implied that Chavo canceled Pac's flight because he's yeah. worried that Pac's going to beat Andrade. And I think that that's going to lead to him getting fired. And then I think that's where Ric Flair comes in. Yeah, and and he's going to be a big signing for AEW, but for obviously like completely different reasons that someone like Bray Wyatt is a big deal. Um, right. But I'm open. I welcome Ric Flair with open arms. Like and like I've said before, if he wants to wrestle, I'm for it. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people would disagree with that. If they, dude, I still think his promo at NWA '73 was incredible. Like that was one of my favorite promos of this entire year. Um, he got me fired up wanting to see him wrestle one more time. Like, so. Well, and if anybody can really actually get Andrade over, Ric Flair can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's really like Chavo and them, their job is just to translate the best they can, like, to English or, like, but it's just pretty bland and boring. But, like, Flair can really get the crowd behind him. So, I don't know. I think I think it's a it's a much needed thing for Andrade, and I almost feel like that's really the main reason he asked for his release. Not just that that, but I do think it's a big part of it is he wants to be with Andrade. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The only other person that I'd want to see Ric Flair manage outside, I, I want to see him manage Andrade, but outside of that, I'd like to see him with MJF. I think that could be really good. Also, oh man, <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall. What a, what a crazy great weekend! Um, I I just thought AEW hit a home run in so many levels. They continue to get more buzz, and it's just almost to a point to where like if you were a hater, you just you, you lost. It's over. You 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 you're you're wasting your time now. You know, like if this is undeniable at this point. And um, yeah, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people that wouldn't give AEW a chance, and now all of a sudden they're pretty excited about it. So. It's cool to see. Yeah, it's awesome. Maneev said, I'm trying to inflate for Starby and Sting. I'm actually down for that, <laughs> like 100%. I, I don't think it's out of the question either. I think it no. could happen. Um, and yeah, people – here's the thing. People can hate on it all they want, but I think the people that hate on AEW just don't fully understand why this company is so important and, like, just are blinded by – being just straight up WWE fans and not having much else to really compare it to. Right. So it just is what it is. If you like the WWE, keep watching it. It's fine. So this is another thing that we were kind of talking about is just the fact that like, we really loved the attitude era, right? We loved WWF. We loved um, WCW. That time everyone wants to talk about is the greatest time in pro wrestling. But do you think AEW is going to get a point to where it is going to be remembered as the greatest time in pro wrestling? Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now, I think this is the best time to be a pro wrestling fan, right now. Like, I mean, have we hit the levels, I guess, as far as, like, mainstream popularity that WWF and WCW and, to an extent, ECW had in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s? We're not there right now. I don't know if we'll ever get there again on like a, on a true mainstream level to the point where like Bill Goldberg and Stone Cold Steve Austin and these guys are like mega stars. Like right. everybody knows who they are. 
Right. Um, they were on the cover of TV Guide when, like, that was a really big deal. TV Guide probably didn't even exist anymore. But, like, back in the day, if you were on the cover of TV Guide, everyone had TV Guides because that's how you could find out what was on TV that week. So, right. like, so, I mean, anyway, wrestling was huge. But, like, like I keep saying, there's never been a better time when it comes to, like, accessibility because this is all at your fingertips now. All these options. Literally... <laughs> If I go on IWTV right now on my uh, on my computer, make sure to use code Fight Talk. By the way, F I G H T T A L K on IndependentWrestling.tv right now. They have. Let me see if I can find it. They they have it um, on their homepage usually, where it'll actually say my computer's moving so slow right now. Oh, here we go. Just on this platform alone, just just for an example, IndependentWrestling.tv. They have. 5,376 events from 266 promotions. That's just one website yep. that you can find that much wrestling on. Yep. And then you have all these other options, all this stuff on Fight TV, and then all the mainstream companies, and, and, and everything that streams, high spots, this and that. But, you know, there is a charm, right, to back in the day having to tape trade or go to Blockbuster or, like, whatever. Like, there was a charm to it, meeting people online, becoming wrestling fans through internet forums and stuff like that. There's a charm to it. But this is so much better than that. I'm sorry. Like, like the, having the option to just literally click a button and have access to anything you want to watch at any time. Like, and, and, and the fact that we're actually seeing, we've talked about it plenty on the show before, but the fact that even 10 years ago or even five years ago, if, if you would have told either of us, there's going to be legitimate competition to the WWE there's no way we would have, we would have believed it. In fact, TNA was the closest thing I think we ever thought we were going to get to it, and they were still so far off it wasn't even close. Like this is like we are living in a time where like this is actually happening right now. Well, and don't you feel like it's kind of starting to feel like a territory vibe again? Where, yeah, like, for sure, hundred percent. Starting to really feel like territories, yep. and then like other promotions are working together, and it's yep. like it's almost like whatever Vince has destroyed, Tony Khan has brought back to life. Yep. You know, and, a thousand percent. And, and to me, that's a big part because like, if you look at Daniel Garcia, right? Like he wrestled Davey Richards on Thursday yep. then he wrestles Darby on Friday, you know? And like, and, and then like the American wolves are going to face uh, Moxley and Sammy Callahan on independent promotion on fight TV, October 30th. Like, that's just a match you just never thought you would see again. But, like, there's just all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, Moxley's facing Nick Gage in a death match October 9th. Um, it's just the, the forbidden door has allowed pro wrestling to just be so much more than just one company or whatever, you know. And it allows people to just go in and out whenever they need to. It's 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 just a wild time. Um it doesn't have the star power, and it might not have as much of the memorable moments, but we're just getting started. We don't know. We've already seen All Out left you with memorable moments that you'll never forget. Um, and I'm sure Full Gear will as well, uh, will also, and, and we just keep on going. Like This is something that just isn't going to stop and, and, and just die down. Like I feel like that Tony is the perfect guy for long-haul booking, for long haul success. This isn't a flash in the pan that is just all of a sudden just gonna be like, well, it was fun while it lasted, now we're done. Next, you know, like this this isn't going anywhere. Yep. 
hundred percent. Like in, in all these, a lot of these title belts mean something like out in the world of the Indies, like being the GCW champion is a big deal right now. It's like pretty, it's pretty on par or getting on par to the, like what it was kind of like to be the ECW champion back in the late nineties. Like you were, that was like the other like rebel promotion that was doing their own thing and people cared about it. You have Wheeler Yuta carrying the independent wrestling dot TV championship. That's a big deal. He's basically the champion. He's the main champion in a territory system because you've still got, you know, the sub champion, you've got the, Black Label Pro champion. You've got the ICW champion. You got all the you got all these different champions from all over the place. But Wheeler Yuta is kind of like the Ric Flair of it right now, where he's the main guy that's going to go from territory to territory. But why this is important is because when these belts get elevated and you get on people's radars, and you have situations like Kenny Omega wanting to go out and collect titles, it's totally possible that Kenny Omega could target whoever the IWTV champion is, because he wants that title belt. He can target Jacob Fatu or Alice Hammerstone, whoever winds up, you know, being the champion and stuff. Like, these belts actually mean enough to where, like, the, the whole wrestling world should be caring about these independent titles as well. Like, I, we're, we were talking earlier about how the WWE, Roman's title means something because of what they've done with his character over the last couple of years. But outside of that, no one cares who any of the other champions are because the belts just don't mean anything. Like, yeah. we're living in a world where, like, being the MLW champion means more than being the WWE champion. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, who, care, who cares about the WWE title on Raw? Like, I'm sorry. If you, Bobby Lashley, I, know Paul, I got no problem with Bobby Lashley, right? But I don't give a damn about him as the champion. I didn't care about Drew McIntyre as the champion. I haven't cared about the championship since Jinder Mahal held it. You probably hadn't cared since JBL held it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, like... There, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, and there are independent titles that mean more than the WWE title right now. Yeah. And and the thing is, too, is like, I, I just don't know how this stops. Like, a lot of the pandemic is holding stuff back. It's only going to get bigger yep. like and better. Like, this is just the beginning. And not only that, if Vince isn't going to sign these guys – and a lot of them are just going to stay where they're at if there's no room for AEW. And like I said, then those independents just get bigger and bigger, and then it becomes it feels more like a territory, you yes. know? And so, like, like GCW, I mean, let's be honest, their production has stepped up a little bit. They had the graphics. They had a replay system. They had, like, an actual rig, I think, too, this yeah. time with the camera. Right, and their ha- the house they drew, I mean, that was an impressive crowd. Hell you know yeah, what I and they mean? were hot all night. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's just – and just go back to GCW WrestleMania weekend. Yep. Like, just go back to that and to where they are right now. Like, that is crazy momentum. Um, so, yeah, it, it just, who knows? I, I just don't know. I don't know what the future holds, and I'm really – I'm kind of just enjoying just like watching it and not trying to figure everything out and not trying to predict who's next and all this other stuff. Like it's just so much fun just being a fan, you know? Yeah, for sure. I feel the same exact way. I feel bad for people who sit around and fantasy book everything all the time and get married to their own ideas and then get upset when their ideas don't happen on TV. It's a gigantic waste of time. Gigantic. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. people who sit there and breathe super heavy near their keyboards on Twitter all day, and then, like, when their big storyline idea doesn't happen, they get really butthurt about it. It's like, why do you spend so much time on this? Like, right. with, with, with AEW, it's just like it's just like what you were saying. I just sit back 
and I just enjoy what they put out there for me. Yep. I've said it a trillion times. If there's something that misses, if they're, if, they, if they're missing 5% of the show or 3% of the show or whatever, but I'm getting 95, 97% good and like 5% bad, I'm not complaining about a damn thing. Like yeah. this is, this has been great. And, and, but even then, like, sure, your, your wheels get spinning. Like, are there things that I hope happens? Sure. But like, I'm That's not sweet. married to the ideas, no. but, but I also have enough faith that Tony Khan, if I have the idea, so does Tony Khan probably. Like, right. I, I'm telling, I've been, I've been saying for a minute, like, like, you know, they're going to do Daniel or Brian Danielson versus Jonathan Gresham. There's no way they're not going to do that match. There's right. no way. So, how do we get there? That's what's going to be fun. Like we know right. the match will probably will happen at some point. Does does Brian Danielson build his own foundation with with Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia and and Wheeler Yuta or whoever these these technical wrestlers, or do they just have a match the two of them and who the the, the best man wins? It's going to be yeah. the interest of like how how they get there. What does Tony Khan give us before we get there? Because we know the match is going to deliver. Like right. that's the other thing is no matter what stories we get and the stories have been good and they've made sense, but even if they weren't the best stories, we know the matches are going to deliver. So like right. you're still gonna you're still hyped for the show. Right. So there's there's just so much there's so much good going on with what with what AEW is doing and what independent wrestling in general is doing. Like ev- yeah. everybody is being elevated right now. Uh, throughout kind of this this whole world of the Indies and, and AEW. It's- and I think 100% now there is a shift to where, like, any young, expiring wrestler wants to go to AEW and not WWE. There's that no is, reason. That, yeah. that has not been like that probably ever. Like, it's it's now a point to where, like, yeah, WWE's calling, yeah, but is AEW interested? Because I'd rather go there, you know what well, I mean? Yeah, well, because it's like you have to see the writing on the wall if you're one of these these guys on the indies with an option because you have to look at it and be like, okay, I I, I could sign with the WWE, but what happened to Kurt Stallion and Asher Hale, or jeez, yep. uh, Anthony Henry and Alex Zane, Alex Zane yeah. and August Gray and... Even like Tony Nese and Navari, these guys who were like super loyal to the company and like were like the staple, the backbone of that whole 205 Live brand um, and all this stuff. And you see this and you realize guys like Stallion and, and, um, and I keep screwing their names up because they got me used to their new names. Um, right, right. Alex Zane and, and, and uh, Anthony Henry and these guys, those guys lasted in the company between six months and a year. Totally. Yeah. So and if it, you're like so if you're like a Ben Carter or like a Blake Christian right now or something, and you're in the WWE system and you're wrestling on 205 Live right now, like what do you think is going to happen to you? And then you have Mick Foley come out with a video statement basically saying that like I wouldn't trust your your writers, your company with my character if I was an up and coming wrestler. Like that video was all facts from Mick yeah, one hundred percent, and it pissed a lot of people off because facts hurt people's feelings. And that's just the way that it is. Like, uh, sometimes you just need to be as blunt as possible and, and just be like, look, you're, you have a problem. You have a problem. Nobody really is like wanting to go there, except if you're like Gable Stevenson, where you have like the red carpet rolled out for you, right? But yeah. like, otherwise, it's like, why would you want to go there? But, but, but Gable, <laughs> Gable Stevenson is, is a, is a, an outlier though, because like oh, he isn't, but he isn't an independent wrestler at all. No, like there, you, you're, 
you are way more likely to be successful in the current landscape of the WWE for how their future is going to look. If you're a standout athlete, you're an Olympian, you're you're a football player, you're something like that. Like that's your you have a better chance now in the WWE than somebody like uh, you know I can name a trillion people on the knees. So, but that's the thing. Like there's no there's no incentive or reason for someone from the Indies that has a, a any buzz about them or, or any a certain level of talent like to to go do that to themselves and, yeah. and, th- and this is also coming from Mick Foley like this guy right. has every reason in the world to praise the WWE at every opportunity right and like he felt the need to come out and say something like this I mean right. that should really say something yep now I'm with you it, it's uh it's crazy times, and it's only getting crazier every week, right? Like every week, there's something to talk about. Every every week, there's some new breaking news or something about the roster or some new match that's been announced. It's just it's just really exciting times, and 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 like I said, it, it's almost overwhelming. It really is. Like it's just something we never thought we were going to be in again. We never thought we were going to get. And that's why I really say, like, take advantage of this, man. Like, watch what you can. Go to the events if you can. Like, this, we we've only we've always seen that all good things come to an end eventually. And I'm not saying that anytime soon it's coming to. It could be ten years from now or whatever. But eventually something happens where things go awry, and you just want to take advantage of the moments that you had. There's always people that are like, man, I wish I would have went to that WCW event and I didn't go, or man, I wish I would have went to that attitude era pay-per-view when I could have gone. And like, don't do that with AEW. You know, if you really want to go to these things, then go, you know, because like I said, you never know how long this roster will last. I mean, CM Punk is probably like what, two years in my opinion, two years max, if that maybe longer, who knows, but at the end of the day, like, we don't know how long these guys are going to last. So just go and enjoy it. You know, probably Jericho isn't going to be around much longer, you know. Like, there's there's a lot of guys that – but they're built, right? They're built to, to, for the future. Yep. To, they can just immediately exit out, and they're still fine because they got plenty of guys to take their spot. And I think overall that's kind of the goal, right? Like, you want the guys signed, but you're not going to use them in a super major way, but you're preparing them for when yep. another guy steps away that they can step right in and be that guy, you know, One million percent. And they're all, it's wild. Cause if you look at like early, like early to mid two thousands, like ring of honor, like if you looked at one of their old shows, you know, it depends on the year and stuff. And I might be overlapping a little here and there, but you'd see something along the lines of like the opening match of like the young bucks. And then like, you know, maybe a little bit up the card, you'd have like Steen and Generico. And then you'd have, uh, you know, you could name so many people, Davey Richards, blah, blah, blah. And now, and, but then, like, the main event was, like, CM Punk and Danielson, like, those yep. guys. And now, everyone I just mentioned, they're all main event level talents, everyone. Yep. Yep. And most of them are all working in the same place now. So, yep. and, and, and guess what? It isn't a problem. Because what better problem to have than a show from the beginning of the show to the end of the show yeah, some people might be the first match or the middle match or whatever, but they're all main event level talents. Yep. Like, you know, and the only ones that aren't right now are the ones that you're kind of referencing are the ones that they're building to become main level talents. Like, right. they're going to get there. So right. they really, really can't be set up any better than they are right now. And it's and this, these things are only going to continue to happen. Kevin Steen's going to bounce. Yep. That's going to lead to El Generico bouncing. That's going to lead yep. to Claudio Castagnoli bouncing. 
I mean, imagine imagine if Cesaro could get out of there and they debuted the Kings of Wrestling in that tag team division. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. how sick. There are so many possibilities. Like, they've got to get Davey and Eddie. They've got yeah. to. Yeah. Like, even for just something. Even if they don't sign. Like, they've got to get them for something. And, and you know Tony Khan has, has knows that. Like, you right. know he, he's thinking of these things, too. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the most exciting time. I mean, for different reasons. Like, obviously, I was very, very excited throughout the Attitude Era. Like, I was a big internet wrestling fan even back then. And, yeah. and like, I was the kind of guy who, like, I'd be watching WWF and being like, is Kevin Nash going to come from WCW back to WWF tonight? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, is there yeah, going to be, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'd be sitting there like, what's going to happen? But this is just a different level of excitement for me. Like, this is... Well, and it's this a different level of performance. Like, yeah, we were excited, but you're never going to see a match like that from Stone Cold. Like, there's a nope. certain level of of athleticism, and they can still come up with creative storylines. And like I said, this thing isn't over, man. It's really nope. just getting started. Like, the roster that they built, these all all these guys aren't going anywhere now. On so Pete now Dunn, too. Time. Pete Dunn, yeah. they're coming. Yeah, so like now it's time to really, you know, set this thing up and uh I mean there's just there's just so many possibilities. Yeah, My, well, it's, it's it's set up and they don't have to use them every week like we always talk about. Like they no. have plenty of time to let stuff breathe and just use their talent to their strengths. I mean, this is gonna be awesome. Well, and my thing is like to me, if I if I if I could think of one wrestler that I think is like tailor made for an AEW. It would have been Kevin Owens. Like Kevin Steen to me is that stone cold type of like rebel that doesn't give a damn and was like so ruthless and got super over in Ring of Honor when Ring of Honor never drew like mainstream attention, right? But like Owens was a Kevin Steen was a star. And you give that guy a live mic where he can actually somewhat cuss and be himself and, like, the storylines that they could have with the elite and with Adam Cole. And, I mean, there's just – like, imagine if they had had, like, a Steen and a Generico-type feud on an AEW show, like, how memorable that would be. You know what I mean? And so, like, you you give Steen something like that, an opportunity like that, and, like, people are like, well, why would he leave? Why would he stay? Like, he's already become champion. He's basically hit the mountaintop. He's not going to be pushed any more than what he has. Well, he, he misses might... a lot of time, too. Like, he right. takes a lot of time off with the WWE. Right. And so, like, he might be one of those guys, too, where it's like, you know, like, they might call him every now and then to get involved in the main event, but that's where he's going to be. That's the farthest he's ever going to go. And like, it's time for him to go back home. Like that's, yeah. this is what it is. This is, this is home. It's it. Yes. It was in ring of honor and all that stuff, but like, this is all the same. This is, this is pro wrestling and it's time for him to go back home. Yeah, I agree. I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine the amount of El Generico mass AEW itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the, the fans, this is all, it's like you said, they're, they're coming home. It was such a cool sight to see Adam Cole with the Young Bucks. Like, that was, was so, like, it was, like, I can't, I can't stress, and you know this, but like, I can't stress how, how surreal it is to see that and just really feel like, 
nothing has really changed. Like a lot has changed, but nothing has changed. Right. Like well, and it's, and like, it's right back in the mix now. Was like, was. When I just read that like Britt Baker was like, those are his best friends. He talks to them all the time. And I'm like, really? Like still? Oh, that's great. You know, but like, I don't get to see that. So like to physically like get to see that, like, it's like, oh, wow. Okay, great. And I would feel the same way if I saw Steen in the Young Bucks or Steen and Adam Cole in AEW. Like, and not only that, like Steen had a pretty good relationship with Jericho as well. So yep, like really I, think, I think that that's definitely a big part too, and you can't tell me that Tony Khan doesn't want Kevin Steen. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing too is like by changing his name and allowing him to go back to that name, it's like you're kind of allowing like Pandora's box to open up because people are real. They're going to get their Kevin Steen shirts immediately. You know what I mean? And they, they, there's no way that the rights to unsettling differences is that expensive. No way. Like, no like, way. That was such an awesome theme. Oh, my God. If, if that thing hits, and uh, yeah, I just – although I see him being a surprise attacker or something, like I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they'll do it, but it's great. It's great. I mean, yeah. nothing but great things to say about AEW. Yeah, for sure. Imagine how, like, how like that initial conversation went where, like, I bet you it was, like, Adam Cole, like, found out he was out of contract. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, and he found out. And he probably immediately was, like, this rang up Matt Jackson was, like, bro, like, I'm I'm out of contract. And they were probably, could, like, no way. Like, and he was probably, like, I'm coming. Could, like, just give me, send the offer. I could see that or, like, Tony's, like, in the lab, right, like, working on numbers and stuff. And Adam texts Britt and been, like, so I'm actually out of contract in a couple of months. And she's like, oh, my God, right? And then, like, she goes up to uh, Tony, and Tony's just like, not not now, Britt, not now. Not now, I'm working on something. But but I'll, I'll call you, okay? And then it was like, Tony, Adam's going to be available in two months. Uh, what? 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 Like, yeah, go look on Fightful Select. It's there. Get, get, get the contract guy in here. Let's work these numbers. What, what do you think he would want? What does he like, huh? He wants yeah. his Twitch? Okay. You know, like immediately works it out. And so like the moment that Adam's contract is done, it's like all typed up. Here's your proposal. Bam. You know? Yeah, I watched I watched Adam Cole's Twitch stream today. He did like a yeah, short like half hour. I watched hour, it too. And he basically said like, this just the last few days have been the best days of his life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's awesome. He had like four thousand people in there, and he couldn't believe it. And you know, I chugs. And I have no idea what that's about, but good for him. And it's just cool to see. Like, but I thought to myself too. Like, look how happy he is. Look how much this means to them. And this is like all their effort. The WWE doesn't promote this at all. They don't do anything about it, but they want either you not to do it at all or they want the rights to it. Like, that's so shady. And, like, I'm just happy that he's able to do what he wants to do. And I think it's a great exit strategy out of pro wrestling for a lot of guys, you know? Like, AJ Styles' Twitch will be available forever, and he'll make a good living off of it when he's done wrestling, you know? Yeah, and and the other thing that those guys can do, too, that they're not allowed to do right now is, like, I got, like, AJ Styles, for instance – if he if he left the WWE, even even if he retired, not even if he came to AEW, if he just retired and he wanted to go on Twitch, like there's a lot of money I think in him going on Twitch and then him like reacting to like his TNA matches and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he, he'd be able he'd be able to go back and watch that stuff without the WWE 
finding him over to remember. Yeah. So yeah, like definitely, you know, because look at how Jeff Jarrett's podcast with Conrad is doing. It's like the best podcast on earth right now, and it's yeah. it's him just reminiscing about stuff we didn't know about this company that we all watched, you know. Right. So, um, I think so, yeah. TNA definitely has a place in history where a lot of people don't want to give it credit, but it really it really did help move the business. I don't think yeah. I don't think AEW is where it's at without without TNA. I think TNA definitely. Um, was kind of the brainchild of where you could mix independent wrestlers with mainstream superstars in one company. It just had no direction. Wrong, wrong, wrong billionaire was in charge of that one. Right. Wrong billionaire, wrong writers, wrong a lot. Right. But at the end of the day, like the core idea of it was pretty genius. And it's what we see in, in modern wrestling today. Yeah. It was the, for me, it was the, they were they were killing it up until they made the bonehead decision of hiring uh, Bischoff and Hogan and putting all that money into that and all those eggs in that basket. That was like the big beginning of the end for me. With that. I still think that, I mean, if you really look back, there was definitely flaws all the way across. And I just, I was so happy just like if a couple of matches really delivered because I wasn't used to that in the WWE, right? Yeah. And I wasn't used to seeing that independent style. And just to like see the independent style, see all these independent wrestlers that I'd never seen before. The new roster really attracted me. And I guess that's really what a great thing about AEW is too, right? It's like I would watch TNA to see like the older guys and then I'd see all these new guys and I end up liking the new guys more than the older guys. And I mean, I think at AEW you can have that too because let's be honest. Yes, they were in Chicago for punk, but Darby got quite a few cheers and oh, yeah. like it's coffin dropping time sign out there and stuff. And like for you to do that in punk's building, like that's pretty impressive. Hell yeah. Good on Darby. And that was a, you know, a baby face, baby face match basically. And like, that's Darby still got his cheers. I like that AEW does stuff like that. Like let the fans, you don't have to do full on turns. You can do shades of gray of, of like who's good and who's bad. Just put stuff out there that's going to be good on screen. Let the fans decide. Just let them decide if they want to boo and cheer. If it's good, who cares? Like, yeah. you know, we've had we've had plenty of like heel versus heel stuff on on AEW so far, and it's like no no one like, at the end of the match, no one's complaining. Right. And uh, the last thing I'll kind of say as we wrap up here, because you got me nostalgic, I've got my amazing red signed card right up there. You can't see it, but that's that's uh, actually you can see it if you look. It's up there in the little corner underneath the macho okay. man. Okay. But uh but yeah, shout out to Amazing Red. I would love to see him get a couple matches in AEW. Uh just because he I that dude and I, I hate to give the credit because he's a he's a he's a nut, but like guys like him and Teddy Hart and like these guys, they really did change the game. Like a lot yeah. of people a lot of people have emulated a lot of what they brought to the AJ Styles. Jack Evans. Jack, Jack Evans. Evans. I mean, that was, I mean, Rey Mysterio is like really like the big, big innovator, but then those guys took what Rey was doing and like brought that to another level. And then I think that really helped bring it to the next level for like Osprey way, and Ricochet what the hell, and those guys. What the hell happened with Hoovy? Did you watch the Black Label Dude, Pro? He, no one, stuff? no one caught him. No one, yeah. and, he, and he just like, he left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one caught him. He hurt his foot. He sat down and he just like walked off. And not only yeah. that, they they ring the bell and he's still waiting to cut his promo. Like it was, yeah. it was. I was like, how did they get this guy on live TNT TV and it go okay? Because he is a he's a trip. 
Yeah, he yeah, and he flipped over the top rope to the outside. No one caught him. He sat down in someone's chair in the front row as they yep. were sitting next to him, like wanted to sit down in their chair. Yep. And then and then he just like hobbled away. Yeah, he yeah. just disappeared. He didn't finish. I mean, yeah. he, he at least fell down and acted like he still was in the match. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's out of here. Yeah. It was wild. I was yeah. like, did he just do that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Real quick, uh, we are doing likely the Fightful watch-along for Evander, Holyfield, and Vitor. If we don't, let's go ahead and just get our fight predictions out there. What uh, What are you thinking for Evander, Holyfield versus Vitor Belfort? So I have no idea what Evander <laughs> Holyfield looks like in a ring right now. I have mm-hmm. no clue. The last time I saw Vitor Belfort, he was definitely back on the TRT. And, like, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous dude who's, like, much younger than Holyfield. Um, so I'm actually going to take Belfort over Holyfield, I think, just because I have no idea what to expect out of Holyfield. Like, I know Holyfield he I was 58. And, well, so the thing is, like, I've actually seen him, like, around Atlanta. Like, he lives here. Okay. And he's, like, out in the community. Like, he's, like, a regular-ass well, dude. The funny, the funny thing is, is it, he <laughs> – they had to move the fl- the fight to Florida because the commission wouldn't yeah. even sanction him in California because of his age. Yeah. So that and that's the main event, right? Yeah. I think there is a strong possibility that we might still get Anderson and Vitor because I don't think Tito's going to make the weight. I know Tito's right. not making the weight. Right. Tito. You can you can mark it down right now. Tito is not going to weigh in at one ninety five. There's right, no yeah. way. No, and I, sure. and I think Tito knows that. He knows he's taking the thirty percent cut in, in the purse because there's just there's no chance he makes it. When you get older, he's forty six years old now. When you get older, it becomes so much harder to make the weight. And I'm supposed to believe that he's going to make the weight that he hasn't been weighed at since high school. Like it's not happening. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, so based on Tito's condition, he might not even be able to fight. And then with Evander Holyfield at 58 years old, I, you just don't know, right? And so I think Vitor and Anderson could possibly happen. If they don't, though, God, I don't know. I I mean, I don't know what Evander Holyfield – like, has he been training? Like, I mean, like, did they just call him up? And I'm sure he's done a little bit. But well, like, I, I, I think wasn't it like a thing where Vitor was going to fight him next, anyways? Maybe, maybe. I think I think Vitor signed a two fight deal, and I think he was going to fight. I could be wrong, but I think he was going to fight Evander next, anyways. So they're just kind of like, like, don't you think that that's kind of wild though to go from like Oscar De La Hoya to your next fight being Evander Holyfield? Like it's it's all weird. It's all weird. Like and then I, and then to to add the coup de grace, Trump is going yeah. through commentary with his son. Like what? Like I, I I I like that might be entertaining in itself. So I I have no idea. This thing is the most bizarre pay per view I've ever seen. It went from somewhat normal. Like, yes, Oscar and Vitor is a little weird, but it's not the craziest idea because at least Vitor does have boxing experience and he is a formidable foe, I would say. And yeah, Tito and Anderson's a little bizarre, but I mean, they're both UFC legends, you know, whatever. But now, I mean, 58-year-old Evander Holyfield versus Vitor Belfort with Donald Trump doing commentary, like, what? Yeah, it's wild. Um, I think it would it would definitely make the most sense if they just made it 
Anderson Silva Vitor Belfort, have them rematch and do that as the main event. Because also, and how hyped would you be for that? Uh, that way, way more hyped than the matches we're getting. Yeah, like and, for sure. And then with Tito, like it makes way more sense for him to fight Holyfield for a lot of reasons because like he's not as good of a boxer, and he's also still probably a bigger name than Vitor is. Like to like the casual person, probably, yeah. people probably still know Tito more than Vitor. One hundred percent. Um, so it's like the rematch between Anderson and, v- and Vitor would be really sellable, and then you'd have. Uh, Holyfield has a better chance, I think, of beating Tito than he has of beating Vitor. Yep. Um, but that said, as far as the Anderson and Vitor match, or sorry, the Anderson and Tito match, like I, you Anderson all day. Like I don't right. think it's going to even be close as far as prediction for that one. So right. we'll see. I'm a big Tito guy. I show it all the time. Got my little Tito here on my desk. So I'm a fan. But um, Anderson Silva is going to smoke him. Yeah, I'm with you. So yeah, that's that's this Saturday. So what you have, dynamite tomorrow, right? The Cowboys are going to kick the Bucks' ass on Thursday. Ha ha. Hopefully, I'm just kidding. I'm talking it into existence. Okay. Uh, Friday you have Rampage. Saturday you have that crazy boxing event, and then Sunday the NFL is back, baby. Full slate of games. Um, it's a great time. It's a great time right now this year. Like. Let's let's finish this thing strong. It's already September, and pretty soon we'll be in 2022. So let's uh, let's just have fun with this thing. Hell yeah, Skull Vikings! Looking forward to a W this Sunday, and <laughs> make yeah, sure let us let us face the Bengals. Why 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 do we gotta <laughs> face Tampa Bay? Come on, yeah, man. because yeah, because you're on the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. I get it. I get yeah, but it. you're also like. Always like chosen to like win the Super Bowl every year and stuff, Which, even though I mean, yeah. it's nonsense. It's but, unfair pressure. Absolutely. But, but I will say this after losing Dak, right? As long as I've got Dak, then let's go. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with whatever else. It, it's totally different once you get your starting quarterback back. Um, at least we have a chance. So yeah, I'm happy sure. about that. And uh, like Doug was saying, the plan on Saturday. I think the show we're gonna, we're going to be on Fightful's YouTube channel, so uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, it'll be me, Doug, probably Sean Ross Sapp. He usually joins last minute on those. Um, so that'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern is when like the actual uh, show starts on Fight TV. So once again, shout out to Fight F I T Fight TV. That's where to watch the show. Um, we'll actually go live on the Fightful YouTube channel during the co-main event of Anderson Silva and um, Tito Ortiz. So we're going to watch that, and then we're going to watch the main event of v- Vitor Belfort and Evander Holyfield. So we're going to watch both those fights live. If y'all can sync it up, if you're watching the show, we'll, we'll, we'll give you time cues throughout it so you, you can sync it up with our commentary and all that stuff. So join us for that and listen to the Fight Talk podcast on all – major platforms and all that good stuff and follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore. And I always got all my, and listen to all this stuff that I do with fightful, fightfulselect.com, fightful select weekend or podcast talking about indie wrestling every Sunday. So yeah, for my sure. out there for you. Awesome guys. So thanks for watching. Please like the video, subscribe, share it out, leave comments at the bottom and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for your support. School Vikings. <laughs> Go Cowboys.